Comments made on the Ceratoc Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratoc Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. Triple click home. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to this month's Triple Click Home. We are at number 26. And wow. today I am joined by two wonderful people. Mr. John Panarese is likely not to join us, but he's in our thoughts. So today, our fill-in for Mr. John Panarese is Jamie Pauls. I shall play John without the accent. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you bring your own special accent, Jamie. So we'll Pretty much. Good there old go. Midwest. Yeah, there you go. That's right. And the other voice you just heard there is Mr. Buddy Brannon, our famous guy who went to the UN. That's so cool you went to the UN, buddy. And bad future yeah. prognosticator. Yes, good afternoon. Or morning or evening or howdy anyway. Or morning, depending on where you are. (laughs) Howdy, y'all. Yeah. So the Christmas season is over. The new year has begun. God. CES just finished. (laughs) The Consumer Electronics Show, the famous every January. Oh, my God, is this show still happening? How many people attended this year? It's just, you know, CES was one of those things as a former Vegas as it were. CES was huge, and I've never gotten to go, even though I grew up in Las Vegas. Even though it was huge, I mean, it was huge in the 90s, it was huge in the early 2000s, and I think that people have been saying that CES is going to die, and it's never going to die. I think so, you know, because this year coverage was just like, yeah, yeah, CES is going on, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Um, CES, oh. Oh, um. I mean, that's kind of what coverage looked like, wasn't it? It kind of was. I mean, there were definitely some, like The Verge did a really good job of being on the ball and following things. But there was definitely, I feel like, less excitement around CES. Yeah. And of course, one of the frustrations with CES is that a lot of these things are prototypes. Yeah, and you're not going to, they're not going to see the light of day. see go to market. Yeah. But before we talk about CES, I think we need to talk about something else that's like a huge, big deal. So Google has bought the company Nest. Yeah. So if you guys are not familiar, Nest is the company that came out with your smart thermostat last year. Yep. And the way that it works is that you can program. It was longer ago than your, last year. It was like two was years ago than, now. Really? Yeah. Was it 2012? Yeah, I think it was wow. 2012. Okay. So the smart thermostat is programmed by your iPhone. and it was the big deal. Now, mind you, I don't know how many of us in this scenario are going to spend $250 or whatever the case may be on a thermostat. Well, I certainly am not. Well, I mean, it, it's pretty cool, but there were initially some accessibility yeah. problems with the iPhone app. And I understand at least some of those resolved. And, uh, yeah. And okay. it's a little bit better. But it's now been purchased by Google. Right. And so, I mean, yeah. the reaction has been kind of extreme. There are people that are like, I'm ripping my nest off the wall and, <laughs> you know, I don't want Google. Okay, look, Google knows everything about you anyway, anyway. already. <laughs> right. I mean, what's your nest going to tell them? Right. That you they don't already know. I think it brings up an interesting discussion, though. And you, you all might there say. There are a couple of interesting discussions we can have about this. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure some people are saying, why are you guys talking about this? You're the Apple people. Well, the Nest is really tied to the iPhone. I mean, that's, I think, the yeah. reality. Do they have an Android app I for the Nest? I'm not sure they do yet. I don't, I don't think yeah. so yet. I bet they will pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and the founder of Nest 
is a former Apple employee. So that's yeah. an important... Yeah, he was like one of the guys that like designed the iPod, right. the first iPod. So the, one of the discussions that I think it brings up, and you guys can comment on this, is how much do we want Google to know? And how do we feel about them entering into a very different market than they've ever been in? And can they continue to not be evil? I'm not convinced that it's going to matter a lot, okay. really. Here's my reasoning. Well, first of all, they made a big point to say, well, you know, we're not going to use any of your information any differently than we already do. We're not using anything more, you know, than to like improve our products and that sort of thing. Of course, the response to that is, yeah, they'll do that until they don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they, they change it. But the other thing is they bought uh, Motorola Mobility back in 2011. Yeah, was sounds it? right. Yeah, 2011. And that hasn't really and changed Motorola. That hasn't really changed a lot at all. Uh, in fact, I really thought that Motorola phones would be straight up Android, mm -hmm. you know, like what you get if you, go, if you get the uh, Google Play edition. But they're not. They're still differentiated. They've still got – I think that there were still even some phones with Moto Blur on them. Thank God they've seemed to be walking away from that finally, but – Moto Blur or no Moto Blur, like the Moto X and the Moto G, you would have thought that those would have been right out the gate with the latest version of Android on them. No. In fact, uh, KitKat didn't come to the Moto G until a month or so after it was released. And the Moto X, right. I think, just recently got KitKat too. But even before that, when it was released, it wasn't running on Android 4.3. They had it on 4.2. So... Even their own hardware subsidiary uh -huh. isn't exactly folded into Google and in the way that I thought it would be. It's they're, they're pretty much hands off. Of course, people are saying they bought it for the patent portfolio. Yeah, how do you, I was going to say? How do you feel about this uh, price tag? Well, yeah, two point yeah. three billion dollars in cash. Well, I mean, you know, after you get past about twenty bucks, yeah. I I don't know the. <laughs> They don't make a, a lot of sense to me in the real world. I thought it was interesting that it was cash and no stock. Yeah. Because usually it's like so-and-so was purchased for some huge figure, which includes such and such amount of cash and so much and so, so on and so forth in shares of stock. Right. This was no stock at all. It was all cash, which I thought was unusual. Well, I just heard an interview with the founder of Nest and his reaction was that He's actually excited about this purchase because he feels like now he can access the tools and the skill set from Google, and he has no intention of doing anything but continuing to make good products. Only time will tell. He wants to work on his stuff, on the hardware stuff, and make neat things right. and leave all the infrastructure thingies to other people, which he's happy about. People are concerned, too, what this is going to mean for accessibility moving forward. Mm -hmm. Some people are saying it'll improve. Some people are saying it won't improve. My personal feeling, and it's just my personal feeling, is that it's going to be status quo. Because Google doesn't seem to have much of a in the way of a cohesive accessibility policy anyway. Yeah, they I kind of approach accessibility cohesive. in a very haphazard way. Um, Google Docs. If it Google works Docs. on Google, Google right? If it works on Google Chrome, they, they they call it good. You know, if it works with Chromevox, they call it good. Maybe, but even so, a lot of their stuff 
may or may not be accessible even with that. And it's kind of like, yeah, we've got these accessibility guidelines and we've got this accessibility spec. Um, We don't necessarily insist that anybody follows it. We don't follow it. Yeah, right. And it seems like teams are pretty much left to their own devices in that respect. They don't seem to have any sort of cohesive guiding set of principles in so far as how they approach accessibility. It's like they kind of approach it however they feel like it. Mm -hmm. So I don't really see that changing for Nest. I think best case scenario is status quo. If they decide on their own that they're going to improve accessibility, that'll be great. I don't necessarily think it's going to get worse. If it does, I think it would have gotten worse with or without Google. I don't think Google's really going to have any bearing on it, really. Jamie, do you have any other thoughts? What did you think about this? You know, I guess my thinking is kind of you guys have pretty much summarized everything as far as the Nest is concerned. I'm just looking at our stories, and this isn't the only thermostat discussion. That's right. To come out of uh, CES. In fact, I think that's what we should talk to you guys about next. Absolutely agree. That the competitor to Nest, because it's not the only smart thermostat out there. It is not. Has just rolled out the use of iBeacons with their thermostat. And I think they bring up a really great point. Now, mind you, I live in a house that does not have central heating. I have room heaters, so I don't have any. You live in Oregon. Really you don't usually need heaters. Uh, you're wrong. It's like 36 <laughs> degrees outside. Yeah, but Never that's mind unusual. what. Yeah, no, that's not not unusual. <laughs> I don't live in Southern California. They don't need heaters. Oh, they definitely don't need heaters. Yeah. But anyway, so we don't have central heating. But in many homes that do have central heating, your thermostat is in a hallway. Well, who the heck cares what the temperature is in the hallway? <laughs> yeah. You care what the temperature right. is in your living room or you care what the temperature is in your bedroom or your kitchen. And so what they've done is they've said, let's roll out eye beacons and then whenever you're in a room that has one of these eye beacons, you can change the temperature to whatever you want in that room. And it's going to use the sensors. And sensors is really important because that's what CES was all about this year is yep. sensors. Yep. Sensors for this and sensors for that. And we're going to talk to our appliances and we're going <laughs> to. <laughs> we're going to talk to everything in our home, which is kind of creepy and cool at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So what do you guys think? Do you feel like the iBeacon, is that more appealing to you as homeowners? Yeah. If they can actually make it work where, uh-huh. you know, whatever room you're in gets heated up or cooled down or what have you, yeah, yeah. that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I agree. It would probably also be a lot more energy efficient. Right. So can we say things are heating up in the thermostat discussion? <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice pun there, Thank Jamie. You. Thank you very much. So as we just said, CES was the show about sensors, sensors, lots and lots of sensors, and so many things that are going to talk to your iPhone or your iPad. Apple was not present because they don't go to CES, but let me tell you, their products were all over the place. In fact, they even did a scavenger hunt using the iBeacons, which I thought was hilariously awesome. Yeah, that was cool. So what, if anything, did you guys see in the coverage that you've read about, maybe specifically about things that are going to work with our iPhones, that said, yeah, I want that? Was there anything in particular? 
You know what? Nothing really jumped out at me. No, me neither. Nothing? Nothing really. Oh, I want the crock pot. I don't get the crock pot. <laughs> you don't I get totally the crock pot. No, I okay. don't. Like you put your crap in it and you turn it on <laughs> and you walk away. What else do you need? So what I think it's going for is that there are programmable crock pots. I don't happen to own one, but they do exist. I don't, and so, I don't understand this at all. <laughs> Because people don't work. So, buddy, you work from home, right? If you didn't work from home and you needed your stuff to start in the middle of the day, what if you can't come home to turn on your crock pot? Why would I? But that's the whole point (laughs) of the crock pot is you turn it on, you put it on low before you leave your house. Right. And then 12 hours later when you come home, it's time for dinner. Ah, It's all done. But if you are cooking chicken, if you're cooking vegetables... There are many things in a crock pot that only take between four to six hours. And if you're not home to turn it on, then it will be overcooked when you get home at the end of the day. Yeah, but if you leave it in your crock pot, you know, just leave it there until it turns on, you're going to get food poisoning because it's just sitting out there (laughs) at room temperature. So, You know, I've had people ask that question and apparently that isn't, I don't know, I think... It's possible that it heats up hot enough that you wouldn't have to worry about it. It might kill everything anyway. What, are you saying that it would kill off all the salmonella that built up there? Uh, yeah. You know, while you're waiting for it to turn on? Uh, okay. I want if the armband. If you arm it for, 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 for long enough, you <laughs> like the armband. Okay? No, I, will, I want an armband that will sense the split second that I even think I want a cup of coffee and just fire up the pot. The <laughs> That's what I'm going to buy right there. Just saying. Yeah, the eye coffee <laughs> yeah. Uh, senses your caffeine level, and when it drops God. below a certain percentage in your I bloodstream, love that. right? I love the, ca- the the coffee maker will turn. Yeah. That, <laughs> yep. Yeah, there you go. I'm okay. all about that right there. So one of the things that I also heard recently on a, I think it was a marketplace tech report was they were. By talking the way, there about is no the such thing as the eye coffee no, arm. Please do not look <laughs> for that in your show notes. They will, yeah, not, right. will not be there. <laughs> uh, there is a smart. Coffee maker, though, that is also yeah. featured with the Now that I pot, can understand so. a little bit more than the freaking <laughs> than the crock smart pot. crock pot. Okay, I get the smart coffee maker. <laughs> so the topic on Marketplace Tech was the fact that so many of these accessories, because we also saw lots of smart watches and fitness bands and blah, 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 blah. They're all marketed towards men. Every single one of them. There isn't a single pretty smartwatch out there. And they brought this up like, do companies think that women are just not a part of their market? Because it's only techie, geeky guys that are going to buy these? No, they're waiting for Apple to do it because Apple's going to make it look cool and styling (laughs) instead of merely functional. See, this is what I don't understand. Like, do companies not realize that what Apple has done for the last 10 years is copy stuff and make it pretty? Like, seriously, you can't do that yourself? You'd think they'd figure this out, (laughs) but, you know, apparently not. Some of the things that were important, I think, from CES that were important to our community is they did debut the smallest hearing aid ever created. Yes. They showed the hearing aid that Apple's been working on with that, was a Finnish company? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really exciting. That's fantastic. Is it more expensive than Lee Major's Bionic Ear, which is like $14.95, I think it is? I would imagine it probably is a little more. Maybe a little more sophisticated, too, I would guess. Very likely, yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They also did have 
quote-unquote talking appliances. And we should specify that I don't think these appliances actually use text-to-speech. Was that clarified? Because I never saw anything that could specify that. I didn't see that. Okay. They probably talk to each other instead of... Right. Yeah. But I don't know. This washing machine that will send you text messages or you can tell it to do things, which I think is super weird. But I'll tell you what, I have a washer and dryer that are really cool because they're front loaders and they're fancy. I cannot do anything but turn them on. And it frustrates the crap out of me. You know what this is? (laughs) This is us catching up to what we should have been doing. You know, the only thing that we're missing is... Darn it, I want my household robot. I want the household <laughs> robot and the flying car. I mean, like, right. you, know, you know. buddy, at this point, I would settle for appliances that I could use yeah, independently. I'd, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. I'd be yeah. happy with that. I had an interesting discussion with somebody about, there was a treadmill that came out during CES that you could turn on by talking to it. Oh, yes. We were talking about this on Sarah Talk <laughs> yeah. Podcast 182. Right. Okay, okay. And my discussion with this person was, okay, you don't understand. I know that you think that that's ridiculous. But right now, the scenario for people that are visually impaired Mm -hmm. who cannot read the touchscreen is that we can't even turn the stupid thing on. Like, let alone set your well, cardio and your let time. Alone and set anything. There, there are definitely environments where the voice-activated treadmill would be a terribly bad idea, though. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can just see it in the gym. I don't want like, to run yep. five miles an hour. That was not me that said that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so hilarious. Oh God, I'm going. No, no, stop. <laughs> yes. Yes, that would be great. But I think. This is, you know, and I don't know who listens to our show, if anybody fancy listens to our show, but please know the touchscreens are only great if you include accessibility in them. Right. Um, I just went to a Fred Meyer that wasn't in my town, and right now my current Fred Meyer in my town still has the old, quote-unquote, debit card machines. That have With buttons. the keypad. Ooh. Buttons are really cool, guys. <laughs> I like in this buttons. Case. <laughs> yeah, because I can actually put in my PIN number. And so we went over to one that was not in our town and apparently has, has been revamped. And it has the new debit card machines, which feature touchscreen. <gasps> a touchscreen. Yay. Yay. <laughs> oh, look, now I can't put my PIN number in anymore. Thank well, you. Well, you know, so. we're just waiting for the touchscreen that has the. Um, Dynamic buttons that'll pop up out of the screen like they're talking oh, about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, again, yeah, rem- you know, this is something that, come on, guys, um, you know, work with the Braille display people. Let's make this happen. Yes. I agree. I feel like it's this terrible frustration of, I have this touchscreen called an iPhone, and I have another touchscreen called an iPad, and I can use both of those things. But mm. touchscreens in general... <laughs> are still really, really awful for people who are visually impaired. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. So all ye developers out there who are listening to our show, please, if you're going to make it talk to anything, please talk to a device that we can use. (laughs) Yes, please. Please and thank you. Thank you. Yes. Like, aren't even modern stoves primarily touchscreen? Yes, many Mm -hmm. of them are. Or if not touchscreen, they've got the touchpad buttons. Right. Great. Yeah, it's just awesome. <laughs> so you can't even like turn on the temperature 
of your stove. We'll get one of these electric stoves that has the touchpad controls uh-huh. and a smooth glass top. Awesome! With, yeah. yeah, there we go. Totally <laughs> flat. <laughs> We have had more discussions in this household about upgrading to a glass top stove than I can count. And I keep on coming back to the, uh, how am I going to do that? If it's not induction, I have to find the stupid burner. And if it is induction, you'll have to throw out all your aluminum cookware. Yep. But we digress. Well, us, I digress. No, um, say it isn't so. Apparently, there are some of the some of the glass top stove tops that you can tell where the burner boundaries are. But I, I mean, like that's the kind of thing you'd have to look at in the store. I mean, like you yeah, could oh, order yeah. that online Absolutely. and just you know that, that would yeah, totally be rolling the dice. Oh, the joys of you know being in a position where I have to say I kind of need the old technology. Yeah, because <laughs> that one I could still use. Ah, uh, so let us move past CES. If you guys have any thoughts on CES or things that you saw that we didn't bring up, the show notes include a great article to all things connected to your iPhone that we may or may not see. Because remember, CES is the show of prototypes. Yes. Things may or may not oh, ever you know, come to actually, market. Actually, you know what? There are some things that I am interested in and things like door locks and stuff that you can ah, you know, do from your yes. iPhone. Yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah, for sure. The days of keys may be behind us. Well, I don't. I, I think that. Uh, <laughs> I think that I okay. would not want to trust a completely automatic door lock just because if you lost power, good point, and you'd be locked out of your house. But you know, be able to walk up to your door with your door senses your Bluetooth ID on your iPhone unlocks, lets you in. You got your arm full of groceries. That would That'd be, be awesome. awesome. Siri, unlock my door. I cannot process that request at this time. (laughs) (laughs) Siri, unlock this door now. Do you guys ever get mad at her? Because I seriously will get angry with her. She's kind of flaky still in 7.0, whatever. Yeah, I I don't have the patience for her. Also, do you guys ever have the, like, you unlock your phone and then it just uh, locks itself again? Yeah, I've nope. I don't know if me. I've seen that or not, but um but no, no I, I, yeah. I sometimes use dictation for text messages, but mostly I just can't it be bothered with Siri, but feels to me like text message dic- voice dictation has been less reliable and I don't think my voice has changed that much. I don't know what's going on with that. Really? It's huh. it sure seems lately to me that it hasn't been working as well. Okay. I got to ask this of you guys because it happens to me and it happens to some of my other friends. She cannot give me Braille ever. Never will she actually use Braille. I've gotten M-Braille because apparently I have the app and that's what she's Mm, using. I get Brill. I get Braille. Well, oh yeah, yeah. That, when yeah. I was writing this thing about Braille, like the Mac spell checker wanted to correct it to broiler. <laughs> oh God. Oh, because brailler is yeah. not a word no, in the, right. in, in the right. yeah, yeah. Okay. But speaking of Siri, though, you know that fake Apple ad for Siri that we yes. posted on a couple of Cero talks ago. Uh huh. They missed a golden opportunity with that. Um, instead okay. of like just Siri like driving out of control, they missed yeah. a golden opportunity because they said, you know, Siri will interface with the, any car that you get into. And, you know how he said that right at the beginning, Jamie? He said, yeah. Siri will interface with any car that you're in right. and uh-huh. can take over it. So they totally missed an opportunity. They could have had like 
two people with two different iPhones both activating Siri and ha- Siri and having Siri fight over who's driving the car. Right. That would have been great. That would have been a whole lot more fun than what they did, yeah. I think. Well, I, and speaking I of your totally ad, missed that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> we should mention that CES did feature a French, I believe, made driverless van. It was one of those buses. Good that news, you see. driverless van. Bad news. Yeah. Controlled with a um uh touch what? screen. Oh. Oh, yes, you're right. It did say right. that. It absolutely did say that. That's kind of cool because it's for like airports or amusement oh, parks totally. or something like that. I mean, like. we but should mention cool, that the but... thing doesn't go more than 12 miles right. an hour. So yeah. <laughs> this is not something we're going to be buying to put on our city roads no. by this any means. This is definitely for commercial <laughs> applications. Right. Yeah. However, yeah. control with the touch screen. screen. You know what? I wonder... Google's driverless car must be voice activated. I think that's the only way that we we as blind consumers would be able to deal with it. Or it would have to have an accessible Oh, interface. it's going to have talk back, right? Oh, it's going to okay. have talk back. It's going to have, sure. you know, you'll plug your Android phone into it with talk back. And, and we're going to continue to dream maybe 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 the federal government will let us drive. Hmm. There's a thought. <laughs> Yeah, did y'all see the? I, I, didn't, I haven't read these articles, but the headline was something like "Driverless cars may impact car insurance bottom lines." And I'm thinking, gosh, you think? Yeah, pretty yeah. certain that that's going to be the case. Boy, they would be really disappointed if people stopped getting in accidents and decided that they didn't need insurance <laughs> anymore. Oh, you know, you mentioned old technology a minute ago, Alina. What about Max? That's really oh old the school. Mac. The Mac. Oh, I have yeah. one of those. Yeah, I, yeah. I have a Mac. Huh. Well, let's see. Because the analysts never get anything, they can never agree on anything. No. I love that. No, they cannot. One analyst said that Mac sales went up in the fourth quarter, and another analyst said that they went down. Hmm. So y'all could decide. This just proves <laughs> that you can do anything you want with the numbers, and it depends on where you get your numbers. I was listening to some analyst analysis of the an- analysis, and... Some of the numbers come from channel sales, meaning through dealers and and Mm -hmm. third parties and so forth. And and so they don't count any of the Apple retail stuff or the online Apple store, which is where most Apple sales actually happen. Right. There's that. And then, of course, they have to take into account that Mac sales tanked last year because of the problems with delivering the uh, iPads with the new big screens or what have you. Right. So we have makeup for that. I think that the interesting reality is that it doesn't matter, it, in my it really opinion. Doesn't and matter, I really. say that because PC sales in general are going into the hole. Yeah. And, yep. you know, I think that Apple, which has always been a small part of the market, is going to continue to be a small part of the market as far as computers go. And what they've done is they've said, okay, we're going to continue to innovate and come out with beautiful hardware. And some people are going to buy it. And the rest of you all are going to buy our iPhones and our iPads and our iPod touches. And we're good with that. So I don't know. I just found it really interesting that they couldn't agree on the numbers because I don't know. Yeah. And, 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 And speaking of analysts and numbers, many Mac users are not getting security updates. Ah, yes. Yeah, well, here's the rationale. Lots of people are not upgrading to Mavericks. Some of them are not upgrading Mavericks because they can't. Yep. Some are not because they just don't want to. 
But the point is that Apple is not going to maintain previous versions of Mac OS. And I think that their reasoning is, look, we're giving you Mac OS 10.9 Mavericks for free. So free. And, and we should and, also specify that the people who can't upgrade to Mavericks, their computer is old. It's really yeah, old. We're talking at least at least <laughs> four years. Apple supporting hardware, depending on the the specs, of course. Well, this, yeah. depending on the specific Mac you're using, right? They're supporting them pretty far back. MacBooks, for example, I think back to like the aluminum MacBook in 08. Yeah. Uh, MacBook Pros again, like 08. Mac Minis, I think 09. Uh-huh. And iMacs way back to like 07. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or something. And y'all could have a discussion with us about the fact that you're like, well, I don't want to buy a new computer every year. Well, that's fine. But you also you don't have, have to buy one every year. You have to buy one every three or four anyway. Yeah. And by the way, the same is true of PCs. Oh, yeah. At least with the Mac, it's pretty much, you know, you know what's going to be supported and what's not with the PC. Mm-hmm. That's always up in the air. You might have a six-year-old machine that you can upgrade to Windows 8.1, Uh but then you might not. Yep. And if anybody that listens to the show is still running on XP, I have no sympathy for you. (laughs) Zero. If you're running on XP still, you really better stop (laughs) doing that because come April 8th, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Oh, Yeah. yeah. There'll be an update on April the 8th, probably, but it'll be the last one, and you can bet that exploits will start happening within hours, if not minutes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I should specify, too, I think we should also let our users know, I'm running Mavericks. Buddy, are you running Mavericks? I am, in fact, running Mavericks. Jamie, are you running Mavericks? Yes, I am. Okay. So they pushed an official 9.1 update, and I think many of the issues that I saw with the original push got resolved. Yep. Um, The speed is totally fine. I'm not true. Not all. Huh? No, not all of them. true. Not all, but many. many. And there will be more. There will be more improvements. If you're still sitting on the sidelines going, I don't know if I want to upgrade to Mavericks, you really should. And I think what I come back to for a lot of people, and I wouldn't have said this before they pushed Mavericks, is that you can't have the new iWork suite without it. Period. End of statement. You cannot run the old iWork suite on Mountain Lion. So if you want the accessibility updates that they've made in iWork, and I think most of them are pretty impressive because it, like I said, I used to be the, I have pages and I never open it because it's not worth my time. I can't say that anymore. It's my primary document creator at this point because they still haven't fixed the text edit issue of not reading past page one. When is that going to happen, buddy? <laughs> Can you look into know. the future and tell <laughs> us? Yeah. So is it then that big a surprise we're talking about, you know, maybe people needing to move on up for the Mavericks? And what about this article that talks about the fact that developers are being pushed to iOS 7? Is that any real big surprise? Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's a surprise at no. all. Right. It got released in September of last year. Yeah. And they had how many months notice that this was coming? I mean, if you're not pushing things to iOS 7, then you you're, clearly yeah. don't care about your app anymore. Right. You know, that's what that says to me. Yeah. And there are definitely apps in the App Store, guys, that were released with no intention of ever changing them because mm-hmm. they were done by developers oh, who, sure. you know, slapped it together. 
and put it up there. (laughs) So if that's the case. I'll get my 99 cents and that's, you know. And I will say that there are apps that when I got upgraded to iOS 7, they don't work anymore. And it's very frustrating. But I'll tell you what, if you really care about the app and it's a small developer, write them. Let them know. Tell them, hey, guess what? I really liked this app, and then I upgraded to iOS 7, and hey, now it doesn't work. Could you fix that? Can we work together as a team? Because the reality is that most of these developers make their apps accessible accidentally. There's no intentional accessibility included in their apps. They just utilize the tools that Apple provides for them. And hey, look, VoiceOver can read some of the elements. Yay! Have you guys had any apps that you've really liked that you've actually gone to the trouble of saying, I probably need to contact this developer because that's uh, not going to get fixed on its own. I <laughs> was actually asking on Twitter the other night about Twitterific and the fact that uh-huh. when you double tap a, a tweet and you look at the details or you look at a link, when you come back out of that, you're not placed back where you were. Your focus jumps. And it's my understanding oh, that, that that's... happened to Tweetlist before they fixed it. Right. Yeah. And that, apparently that's still not fixed in Twitterific. In fact, I got a response from them saying okay. we're still working or still looking at fixing this. But I really liked I mean, I like both apps, uh, Tweetlist and Twitterific. Yeah. But I haven't gotten Twitterific yet. It's kind of cool. There, there's some fun. To. There's some nice things about it. Good. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's still broke. It used to be my favorite Mac app until it yeah. broke. I've been using Japanese swear word for so long. Oh, I know. Yeah. I used Twitterific way back in 2008 when I first got on 2008, uh-huh. 2000, when I yeah, first yeah. got on Twitter. Yep. And uh, it was the one that was accessible. And then Syrinx came out and I used it for a long yep, time. Yep, I and, used Syrinx for a long time too. Yeah. I yep. really and then, liked and it. And then somebody told me about Japanese <laughs> swear word and I haven't looked back. It's called Night Owl. Let's be polite. <laughs> I like to say y- Yurufukuru. It's a fun word it's to say. It's called Yurufukuru. Yurufukuru. Yes. Yeah, Yurufukuru. It's very <laughs> difficult to say. <laughs> it is. It is very difficult. So that's, I think, our message to all of you guys is that if you have an app that's in your library of apps that you like to use on a regular basis that did get, quote unquote, broken by iOS 7 being released, please contact the developer because many of them are very open to working with people. I mean, that's how many of And especially of- the smaller developers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Actually, it's a bit ironic that it's especially the small developers. Uh, Let's not get into that. I mean, I think one of the things that we've talked about on this program is that in a lot of corporate atmospheres, many of their apps are developed by third-party contractors that are not even members of the company. And so then what ends up happening is that you contact the company and they say, well, we didn't design the app. Or they ignore us. That's usually what happens. Netflix. Netflix. That's more usual thing. I love using Netflix on my Apple TV, but then I try and use it on my iPad, and I can watch shows that I search for. I can watch shows that I've recently watched on my Apple TV because they're in this cute little list. But then I get down to other parts of the app and I double tap and nothing happens. Why is nothing happening? (laughs) Ah, But I think that's the reality is that you just need to be proactive and say, if this is an app you really like, I mean, if it's an app you don't really care about, just delete it and say, sorry, guys, I'm not going to put up with you. Right. (laughs) But if it's an app you really like, then go contact the developer. 
So what YouTube app do you use on, on your iPhone? I'm just, I've used Uplayer and that works pretty good. I like YouTube. It, it has gotten better. YouTube? Okay. Yeah. And yeah. also there's one called like NewTube or something. NewTube. That I've hmm. used. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I haven't had any problems with the regular YouTube app. When it very first came out, I forget what I didn't like about it, but it's oh, probably yeah, changed no, a ton really since then. Not. Yeah. Well, let's move on a little bit, unless Buddy wants to find out what this other YouTube app is called. Yeah, let me let me just find this. Uh, let's see, what's the name of this app? I played here? with Podcast a little bit, but I went back to Downcast. Downcast. Oh, is I cool. love Downcast. I yeah. won't. Yeah, it's called YouTube Free. YouTube um, Free. Yeah, I actually like doing YouTube on my iPhone more than I do on my computer. Yeah, because yeah. Fussing with YouTube on the computer is kind of a pain in the butt. <laughs> so. You know what, though? If you install the click-to-flash plugin, uh-huh. I, I like the click-to-flash plugin HTML5 toolbar a whole bunch better than oh. what you get with native YouTube HTML5. You get the um, the video toolbar, and it's got you know the play button and all that stuff on it. You mean I could actually stop a YouTube video? Sometimes you can stop them, yeah. Okay, awesome. So good advice there, buddy. So let's change gears to corporate world which I guess we're kind of going back to the corporate world because that's what CES is all about. Well, not really, but some of it is all about the corporate world. I think this is actually very exciting from an accessibility standpoint. I really wish that John Panarese was here to comment on this story. Really? Okay. Why was that? So can you pretend to be him? What would you think John would say? I have no idea because um, oh. <laughs> that's why I wish that he was here to comment on it. If, John, well, here's like what I report, maybe. No, no, we'll. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make him. I think him. that the increased use of Apple products in the corporate world, this is my hope and dream. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen, but my hope and dream is that it means that blind uh, potential employees will no longer be in that position of going oh, I got the job, oh, I can't use your software. Like, that is my dream. Okay, here's why I really wish that John was here to comment on this, because you'll remember a couple of episodes ago, Uh he actually talked about this a little bit, Uh about how companies have implemented like a bring your own device right. kind of thing yeah. and some big company had this thing and like, oh yeah, that's okay, right. you want to bring your Mac in, then fine, but our IT people won't support it. Ah, uh, so yes. Have, Yes, I know exactly had, what like, you're talking about. put together their own support for it, and so IT had to kind of scramble to catch up. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, this is an interesting trend, and I'd really love to know what John had to say about it. But I, I, I remember specifically that we talked about it a couple of months ago. You're right. And I think I didn't even think about the IT support aspect. I think what I was focused on was mainly the idea that, you know, let's take, for example, using the iPad or the iPod Touch as your cash machine. If the app is accessible, that means that somebody could actually use it. That's what the Apple store right. is using. Yeah. There are guys running around with these like, with, well, you know, you'll remember our interview right. last year with Stan Cox. Right. And they're running around with these iPads in these great big cases and it's got the card reader on yep. the back of it. And, uh, you know, they modified the software so you could plug his headphones in or his Bluetooth headset or whatever sure. it was and use it and get blind guys in retail. Yep. Retail is not Apart from like BEP, retail is not anywhere that that blind people really can get a foothold in. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's a place that people want to get a foothold in, but if it is, then we should have access to well, it. Well, no, but 
to be fair, sighted people don't necessarily want to work retail either, but if you need a job, you need a job. And, you know, we can't just walk down and say, oh, get a job at McDonald's. Well, yeah, we we can't really do that so much. No. And that's so true for almost every industry. You know, we don't have the ability to just say, hey, I'm going to go try and get a job there because the reality is that access is likely going to be zilch. If it's not zilch, it might be limited. Yeah, assuming we can get past the attitude barriers (laughs) and and all that, that's a very big Big assumption. assumption. The technology just isn't on our side all the time. And so many companies use independently made software that has to then become compatible with a screen reader. Sometimes that's easy to do, and sometimes it's like nearly impossible. So... I feel like the thing that I'm hoping is that we're going to see companies go to using mainstream stuff because it will really open a lot of doors, in my opinion. So I don't know. Jamie, what are your thoughts on corporate America becoming Apple people? I try not to think about corporate America too much, but actually, no. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, I I think that this can only be a good thing uh, because of what you just said. I mean, built-in accessibility, um, out of the box, it's tried and true. We know it works. Um, Always improvements to be made, but Apple is doing that as well. We just saw the version of Mavericks that was released to developers that one of the internal notes was, you need to work on voiceover. Yeah, and how cool is that? That's very cool. On the PC side, we just got an amazing announcement about a partnership between GW Micro and Window Eyes. And how cool is it that people can go into an employer and say, Hey, by the way, if you have Office on your computers, I can now get a screen reader for free. That was pretty freaking huge. I don't know what it means, but I <laughs> I hope that it means good things. This is where we cue up the Bob Dylan song and sing the times they are a-changing, maybe. Uh, <laughs> That's about right. I'll tell you what, I'm going to plug Serotech here for a little bit and say that when I become a teacher because that's still my goal in life, is that I'm going to encourage, strongly encourage my students to use a free product rather than asking my districts to spend the thousand plus dollars for a JAWS license. That many of the school districts don't have. Yeah. Some of why they don't have it is mismanagement from the top, but we won't necessarily go there. The point is they don't have it. They don't have it. All right. Yeah. Sorry, Freedom Scientific. <laughs> Times are changing, as, <laughs> as Jamie just said. Y'all better figure it out. Well, maybe you could become a photographer if you don't want to be a teacher, Alina. You, that might be a little little tough, becoming a photographer. But with this new Apple patent that we're going to talk about here, with image stabilization, you might be able to take better pictures than you would before. That's great. Can yeah, I right. have somebody yeah. tell me what they are? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a small uh, yeah, small pro- You know, if you're not taking something with a face in it, then... Then Apple tells yeah. me nothing. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not true. It'll no. tell me it was well lit. Yes, yes. <laughs> Crisp and well lit. Thank you, iPhone. That tells Auto-focused. me... Autofocused. <laughs> so this article, I mean, it talks about the fact that maybe more megapixels isn't where Apple's going to go. This is where we say, yeah. haven't we yeah. been saying this? We have. We don't need 13 megapixel cameras, 
if you're just going to go by numbers and you're going to be disappointed that Apple doesn't have a 13 megapixel uh-huh. camera. No. It's not about the megapixels. Right. It's about the aperture. It's about the size of your lens. It's about the stabilization of the lens. It's about the focusing ability. I mean, 13 megapixels sounds awesome and impressive, but we, I believe what I've been told by photographers is that we actually surpassed what the human eye can perceive a while ago. Yeah. Well, especially at like, you know, four by six or eight by 10 sizes or what have you. For sure. So it really isn't about your amount of megapixels. And you still have photographers who say that digital is not what they want, you know, because you're missing out on this component that film can only bring you. And so it's really interesting. Now, I will say that we have an ancient, and I'm going to call it ancient because it's like six or seven years old, cute little digital camera, (laughs) which we don't use anymore because when you compare it to the iPhone, it's like, oh, God, these pictures are awful. (laughs) So Yeah, my wife has a regular film camera and a digital camera, and she uses her iPhone. Uh, (laughs) Yep. There you go. Because you're carrying it all. You're always carrying it, Exactly right. So. The best camera that we have is often the camera that we have available. Right. Uh-huh. Well, and that goes for our book players too, right? It you certainly know, does. At this yeah. point, if I wanted to continue to use my book sense, I have to remember to bring it. <laughs> so, I have was right. re- using the Reading Ally app the other night and seems to have some features missing. Like you can navigate by levels yeah. and all that fun stuff and page, but you can't jump back like five seconds. To hear what you just missed. Yeah, what is that about? Yeah, it's like, really? It made me crazy. Oh, man. I realize I'm a little late to that party, but yeah. I hate to say that I did not renew my subscription. Yeah. Because I really have gotten to the point, and maybe, you know, I don't know if you guys can speak to this, but at this point, for textbook purposes, the fact that I can get most of them on Bookshare is actually better for me. Yeah, because yeah. I can. Ha- it's a digital yep. text right. that I can copy and paste right. anywhere at any time. And three cheers for Voice Dream again. Yes, Voice Dream yeah, and Dropbox. Absolutely. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I love yeah. Voice Dream and get the James voice. Oh, y'all. James Seriously. rocks, man. Yeah, he's great. I'm not an audio learner. I never have been, and it's terrible because that is my world now. Uh-huh. And so, learning Ally to me is this like crutch. Because I can't focus enough to just write everything that I'm hearing. So I think that's the real limitation. I will say they are a fantastic organization. I value everything that they do. And it is a really, really great tool for people who need it. Well said. If you can't focus well enough, though, and this was terrible because Learning Ally, or what was it called? Formerly Recording for the Blind Uh, and Dyslexic. Recording Recording for for the the Blind and Dyslexic. Yeah, Yeah, that's what it was. And previously, the recording for the blind. Without the dyslexia, yeah. yes. So, you know what I really hated about recording for the blind when I was a kid? What? Turning the reel over. <laughs> no, I'm not quite that old. But no, I've what seen I really them. hated I was have. That, Go ahead. No, what I really hated was that all the tapes said recording for the blind, and then they like had a tape number, and if you had several yes. books, oh, you didn't right. know which you book had to keep them in the None of them were labeled with the title. Yep. <laughs> None of them were labeled with the title. I so remember that. And there's and weird little you, braille perforated thingies that had the page number. If you used a textbook, those uh-huh. were weird. Those uh, were odd. 
<laughs> you almost needed a tape where they read that to you. Pretty much. Like, what? <laughs> right. like, I lost my little braille thingy. I cannot tell you many times in college getting my bachelor's degree, I fell asleep listening to my textbook and finding where I was <laughs> in that stupid tape was impossible. Yes. Reader's note, <laughs> at the bottom of this page <laughs> is is a uh, chart yes. which um, has <clears throat> three columns and they are color-coded with the uh, colors of... Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> you guys are crazy. <clears throat> uh, or they just it. want they to get through text. something and they read just as fast as they can. Yeah. I mean, literally just... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> stumble over their words to get past this thing that they have the to do. Spelling choices. They would they would choose to spell certain words. You know, you could be like <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. chemistry and they'd be like the chlorohoxaloxafluoridian blah 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 <laughs> nitrate oxide thing, whatever. And then not hard. spell that. Right. And then they'll spell like, you know, <laughs> scientist Fred Smith, F R S M I D. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> How do you spell what he did? I know how his name is. <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh, math. Did you ever get a math book on tape? Oh, that was awesome. Except oh, for no. No, they were awful is what they <laughs> yeah, were. <laughs> I was lucky enough to have like one or two that they actually could actually read math and they would read, you know, things properly. And like they'd say like the quantity, whatever, if it was in parentheses and so forth. Uh-huh. But a lot of them know you know, those poor volunteers had things put in front of them. They were like, oh, my heavens, oh, I really have did. to read this. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. They'd be all like, uh, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I'll tell you what, though. If there isn't a better reason for Braille than math, I don't know what it is. Right. Because <laughs> yeah, you cannot Amen. do math in audio. No. I'm sorry. No. It's oh. not, it doesn't mm. work. My brain just doesn't even know how to process that. No. Like, what did you say? No. Well, here's something you can process. Buddy, you can process switching carriers and maybe having uh, your early termination fee paid for. Yeah, yeah. T-Mobile's doing that. And, and so is AT&T. You know, yeah. yeah. AT- well, no, AT&T's only doing it if it's okay. T-Mobile. Oh, that's right. You're correct. Okay. T-Mobile will let you switch from T-Mobile's any T-Mobile's doing it for anybody. Mm, that's right. Yeah. We should specify, here are all the stipulations <laughs> that come with switching to T-Mobile. You have to. A, get yourself a new phone. Yes. B, it must be on their no contract, you pay for the device outright plan. Ooh, okay. Which is, well, well wait, wait, hang on. But that's like all of their plans okay. now. No, that's right. That's right. They don't have any contract plans anymore. Okay. So that's fair. No. But you do have to get a new device. And you forgot C, you have to turn in your old device. So you turn in your yeah, old right. device, yeah. right, yep. from your other carrier. Yeah. And they give you up to three hundred. Oh, what is it? Up to three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars. Yep. For your old device, which you can put towards the purchase of a new device. Right. And then you send them your final bill. Bill with your early termination fee. fee yep. And they pay that up to three hundred fifty dollars. It's an interesting yeah, proposition. And yeah, T-Mobile's coverage is kind of yes. lousy in some places, but they really are building up their net. They, they, they just bought some more spectrum from Verizon Correct. or something, some of the LTE spectrum uh, from Verizon. So they're building out their network more, and they're still talking about, you know, Sprint is thinking about buying them, and Dish is thinking about buying them, and 
I'm thinking that were they allowed to be sold, I think that Dish would probably have a better chance than Sprint would because uh-huh. Dish is not a current cell phone carrier. Right. I would personally like to see nobody buy them, though. Ah. So if you happen to make your switch to T-Mobile and decide that you hate it because of the coverage issues, which are getting better, but it should be noted there are still definitely some issues as far as coverage goes. And that's for making phone calls. <laughs> Before anybody says it, yes, we all understand that every carrier has coverage issues that's somewhere. Right. Yes, absolutely. That's true. And that's why all of these carriers do have a... Maps. They have maps. At least a fifth, well, maps, yes, <laughs> but they have a 15-day... Trial period. Yeah, basically, so you can make sure right. that things work where you expect them to. Correct. So definitely take advantage of that. So if you don't want to be a T-Mobile customer and you currently are one or you made the switch and then you didn't like it, you can now go to AT&T and get up to $450 for leaving T-Mobile. Yay. I don't know. I would not do this thing. (laughs) Talk about why you wouldn't do this, buddy. Because AT&T is evil, but... Yeah, sure, because not actually, they're all evil. Go on. They're all evil, but I think evil in degrees. I think AT&T is right up there. But the thing is, like, whenever I've had dealings with T-Mobile customer service, it's always been Very positive. pretty good. Yeah. I can say the same thing about and AT&T, I, though. So, I don't know. I've had no complaints with Verizon, but when I did have T-Mobile, I remember thinking that their customer service was stellar. And you're yeah. you're not wrong. Yeah. So I think it's really an interesting proposition. And we should point out that AT&T is still trying to buy T-Mobile. They still would like to own them because then they they would be the only nationwide GSM carrier. And I think that's one of their goals. Well, give it a couple more years. LTE will be rolled out to everyone. It will be, as somebody pointed out, the one now worldwide standard. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's a standard protocol, but there are... What? Instead of just the four usual cellular bands, there are like thirteen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like and I'm still waiting LTE for the day bands. that we have better options as far as both coverage and cost, because I am paying AT and T way yeah. too much of my money, and I hate it. And the thing is that you know there are a lot of these um, MBNO. I forget what the heck that stands for, but they're basically like these companies that piggyback on right. major networks. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about like H2O wireless, page plus cellular. Um, Even Walmart's Virgin, thing is piggybacking. Um, yeah, Walmart's thing, yeah. straight talk. Right. All of those kind of things are fantastic for price. You can't beat them for price. Yeah, but you can beat them by <laughs> throwing your device at the wall when it doesn't work. <laughs> right. Well, see, that's the thing. Where if you go with one of the major networks, they have roaming agreements. Yep. Where if you go off their network and somebody else has coverage, they'll switch it over and right. and you usually and you don't, don't pay a fee pay for, for that. Sometimes. Yeah, usually. Yeah. The disadvantage to these other carriers is that if you go off of their network where they have the agreement with Verizon or they have mm-hmm. like it's usually Sprint and T Mobile that they yeah. that they have the agreements with. But right. if you go off of those networks, whichever network, there is no roaming. You just go off and you're done. Good times. If you have a need to travel, it's probably not a great option for you if you know that you're going to be mostly in the same kind of spots all the time and so forth. It could be all right, but something to keep in mind. All right. Well, before we go to break, let's talk one more thing about Yahoo. Yahoo. 
<laughs> right? Nicely done, yeah. I guess they don't do that anymore. <clears throat> <laughs> and anyway, they're not God. They are determined to continue to be important in our lives, even though I think for a lot of us, they're not anymore. <laughs> Although I'd be interested to see how this works. Yeah. Okay. This News Digest. So I just Digest. downloaded the app. Okay. News Digest. Yep. Just came out. As far as accessibility goes, I'm going to tell you that it's sort of works. Mm. It's not perfect. However, we'll get Victor Sarah. Ah, yes. We'll get him right on that. Okay. So what I will say is that the idea of this digest is that they're going to decide these are the news articles that you need to know about. Mm. And I don't know how I feel about that. So like. Well, somebody's got to decide. (laughs) (laughs) I understand that, but. You buy a newspaper, they decide. Right. That's true. So unlike Flipboard, where you pick a category and then you flip through the news that applies to that category, the way this app works is it says, okay, in science, this is what's hot right there. And then it shows you that news story. And so what it does is it categorizes things and you get like nine news stories at a time. And I think the idea that they have is good. And that is that people are overwhelmed by how much news is available to them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Do I understand it correctly that they actually take several news sources? Yes. And, and they uh, summarize take all it the for stories you. and kind of, yeah, summarize and then give you all the. You and then know, you side can read data. all the sources. Yes, if you wish. Yeah. Hmm. Correct. So that's kind of cool. I mean, if you're one of those people that says, I want to know in the next 10 minutes, because that's all I have, what's going on today? That might be a really great option for you. If you don't enjoy that, if you feel like you want a lot more control over your news and what you actually end up digesting, as it were, then I don't know that this app is going to be for you. But if you need a quick snapshot, this might be really great. So we'll have to see. I didn't notice any ads, but I'm sure it must be ad supported because I don't know how else it would be. So you say it kind of works. What's iffy about it? from accessibility. So one of the things that I can say is that when I was going through the news section where it's got those stories listed for me, I couldn't scroll. And I don't know about you guys, but if I can't get to the bottom of the screen really easily, it really, really irritates me. Because oftentimes apps have those bottom buttons that move you to different parts of the app. And so I would use my scroll feature and it would just keep saying one page one of three, page one of three. I'm like, no, you should be moving. So you can't access the bottom of the screen really easily. I find that to be a pretty big downside as far as accessibility goes. I could access the news stories themselves and that was pretty easy. There are a lot of unlabeled buttons that I chose not to find out what they were. Because that's one of those pet peeves of mine. If you have unlabeled buttons on your app, it's just going to bother me. That's such an easy thing to fix. Yes. It really is. Stop saying button, 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 button. We need a recording of of all of the... That's what you need to do, Derek. I want a recording of every single one of the English voices of uh, (laughs) on on iOS saying button. Button, button. And then they could say it in their different accents. Button. And then button. They have a little counterpoint. They could kind of play off of each other and button, button. button. Yeah. Well, we haven't had an Easter egg on one of these podcasts in a while. So, you know. Yeah. 
saying. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm one of those people who are on my Mac. I don't allow it to say link anymore. Oh. Because that was one of the things about Jaws that just bothered me. I don't either. I changed my link alert to tone. Yeah. And mine doesn't actually give me anything. I just know the web so well that honestly, at this point, I know. Oh, no. You know what? I didn't change it to tone. You know what I changed it to? I changed it to pitch. Oh, okay. So it'll read the links. It'll lower voice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And I got to say, so Jamie, this is not a ding on you for picking stories because they're all great. It's a ding on content writers. I hate reading stories where every other word I have to move to a new line. Please stop doing that. Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. Or like every other word is a link to yes. something. I don't don't like yes. that either. Yeah. <sighs> that's pretty frustrating. Makes reading okay, like so link to it, link to it once and that's fine. Be done with that. Like yeah. We don't need a link to Apple every time you say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> the first one will do. <sighs> okay. Hmm. So... Before we go on with our rant about content (laughs) developers, let's break for our DSB ad and we'll come back to our show and we're going to talk about assistive technology. Looking for a cross-platform solution to quickly convert printed materials and PDFs into text, MP3, or DAISY formats? Check out Serotech's DocuScan Plus. For just $299, use DocuScan Plus on your Windows or Mac computer. Store documents in the cloud for easy retrieval and access them from anywhere. For more information, visit www.docuscanplus.com. Welcome back to Triple Click Home episode 26. And uh, wow, we had a busy beginning of the year just starting out here at the Serotalk Podcast Network. Jamie might know a little bit about this. Just a little bit, yeah. We got to do our annual This Year in Tech the Sarah Spectives uh, end of year show, although it was kind of end of year, kind of beginning of year. That's what's weird. We did it the first mm-hmm. of the new year and talk about the old year. So you kind of have to and, split your brain in half there. And who are our guests on that? Well, our guests. Of course, our producer is Miss Lisa Salinger. Our hosts for that show is Mr. Joe Steinkamp. Steve Sazen was unavailable that day. I was a guest, which is kind of an odd place to be, but it was fun. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it along with Mr. J.J. Meadow of Blind Bargains and AT Guys and all the other stuff that he does. And that Android show. And that Android show. Yes, indeed. Uh, Cannot forget that. Also, Miss Erin Edgar of the Tech Access Weekly podcast. And, of course, her husband, Rodney, is on High Contrast. And Erin does a lot of radio stuff. She and Rodney with the Phoenix Internet Radio Station. So she's around. And uh, so... A little smaller group maybe than in some years, but I think it was a a good group. I think we had a good time and covered the stories pretty well and did it, I will tell you, in approximately two hours, which is pretty good for us on that show. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and I I listened to the live feed, and you guys did a good job. Thank you. Nobody said anything really dumb. I will say there were a couple times when I wanted to scream at Joe for saying my name wrong, but... He did say your name wrong. I did not correct him. I should have. I apologize. It is Alina. <laughs> it's okay. Which well, was did funny. He call you Elena? He did call her Elena. He did. He did. Yes. Multiple times. Uh-oh. And I think JJ so started okay. to once and corrected himself. That was funny. We'll have to listen yeah, back yeah, to the yeah, archive. No, JJ he... and Jamie both said it correctly, yes. and it was really cute. Yes. <laughs> yes, because we and I know thought better. it was really adorable when JJ was like, "No, she actually didn't write that for Blind Bargain. She wrote it for Matilda Ziegler." Yeah, and that I was, was like, like, "I don't know if that's important, but." 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I kind of credited you for for writing it for Blind Bargain, so I, he did a good thing by giving the proper attribution. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard to keep track. You do so much stuff. Well, I don't do Matilda Ziegler right now because we're on hiatus. Uh-oh. So for Uh-oh. all you triple-click home listeners, if you like Matilda Ziegler magazine, please tell the board of directors because they've decided that they don't know what the future of the magazine is. So they've decided to not publish anymore until they've made a decision. Oh, Matilda would be rolling over in her grave. She would be so very upset right now. Yes. Well, I mean, considering that she wanted a Braille magazine for... Which is no longer published in Braille. Yep. It hasn't been in years. Correct. And then they're going to just get rid of it altogether. Yeah. And we were given no notice, by the way, us writers. Oh. We were told Mrs. in an Williams email. Mrs. William Ziegler would be quite upset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you like the magazine and don't want to see it go bye-bye, please write the board of directors and you can send an email to the editor or comment. If they get rid of the magazine, what's the Matilda Ziegler thingy, ah, thingy doing? The foundation. They have science grants now. I found this out yesterday. Really? Was... Yep. It's not what Mrs. Ziegler wanted. <laughs> they are funding scientists to do research on visual impairment and accessibility, and that's it's all not well what and Mrs. good. Mrs. Ziegler wanted. No, it is not. So that address again is editor at matildaziegler.com is how you reach our editor of the magazine. You can also go to the website and make comments. Is that a dot org? It is not .org, sir. Well, darn it all, it should be .org. <laughs> and and Mrs. Should. Ziegler wouldn't like that either, would she, buddy? Uh, no. <laughs> no, she would not. <laughs> She's just going to be so, downright unhappy right at the moment. She is. Yes. Uh, so let the power and, of the 5,600-plus Twitter followers of Triple Click Home and our wonderful yes. listeners be felt. Yes. Make your voices heard, yes. people. Please make your voices heard because we as writers basically feel powerless right now. We have no control over this whatsoever. And like I said, we were given no advance notice. We were not told anything until the email that came across that said, oh, by the way, this is the last week we're publishing the magazine. Oh, wow. Uh, What? (laughs) Okay. Hmm. Sure. And don't get me wrong. This is not a financial issue. But for some of our writers, it might be. Right. And that's something to also consider. That you're helping some of our writers potentially pay their bills. So, and it's quality stuff. So, that's the other frustration. And I believe that it is the only free magazine that is exclusively written by the blind because Blind Skills, which is the only other magazine, like Magazine Magazine, that I'm aware of, is not free. I think it's $30 a year. So are we going to count Access World in there or not? Um, uh, Access World, I, to me, is, I guess it is a magazine. I don't know. What would you call that? It started out as one. That's true. I guess it still is. But so re- Access Point World taken, counts. though, very few. And Matilda Ziegler isn't exclusively technology. That's also an important thing that's to mention. That's a good mention. point. So that's my world. <laughs> Didn't have any idea what can of worms I was going to open up there, but that's okay. We needed to know that piece of information. So... Buddy went to the UN. Sure I did. got to hear your UN special. It was great. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm the only guy on my block that has gotten to go to the UN, probably. That's right. I got to hear the outtakes. They were fun, too, but we won't, you know, probably share some of those. But. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and if you haven't gotten to listen to the special, please do. Like me yelling at the people that were trying to save me from getting run over by a truck? That, yes. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah. Do tell, buddy. Do tell. Uh, yeah, I'm walking up the sidewalk and, and I hear a truck cr- across the street and all of a sudden this person grabs me and I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Like, oh, this truck's backing out. And, and yeah, I'm okay. If anybody who's sighted is listening to this podcast, please, please don't ever grab us. Ever. Ever, or pick ever, up the ever, end ever, of our ever, cane. Ever, of course, ever. he has a he has a, a dog, but still, that, that's uh, don't not even touch either. the handle. Right? Yeah, I've had that happen to me. Yep. I've had somebody grab my dog's handle before. Oh wow! Uh, that's what are you not doing? Cool. Yeah, do that to the wrong dog. You yeah. <laughs> have you had somebody pick up your cane before, Jamie? I actually think I have. Yes. Oh yeah, I yes. have. Yes. <laughs> that's quite a strange <laughs> feeling, by the way. <laughs> One time somebody did that and I just I just let go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you want it more than I do here. Take it. I was telling somebody the other day that when I was doing my orientation and mobility class, uh, the the very first summer of my program, we actually learned the technique that I was never taught, by the way, by an O&M instructor, the technique of how you get your arm out from their grip. Oh, wow. That's interesting. If somebody grabs you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I ever learned that either. I don't think I did. You either. actually, it's it's basically a twisting motion. So you twist your arm and then you fling it out. <laughs> and you basically say, thank ah. you for grabbing me. But this is how we go sighted guide. That's and right. oh, by the way, you really should ask me first. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> please don't grab people. So I, I love that buddy. Apparently got assaulted <laughs> in New York City. <laughs> Because he was being saved. You were being saved, buddy. Don't you feel honored? <laughs> I was being saved from getting run over by a truck. Yeah, I mean, like, I like to think that Leno probably saw the truck and would have stopped. Yeah. But I guess I'm glad I didn't have to find out for sure. I realize that I say this because it's never happened, and if it had happened, I would be very terrified. I've never had a dog miss a traffic check. Never. Oh, I haven't like, either. Never. Yeah. They're scared. <laughs> and that's the whole idea. They don't want to get hit they're either, supposed right? to go, yeah. I don't want to get hit by a car. No. No. <laughs> and I loved how Buddy also talked about his experience in Times Square because I'll tell you what, that is the one thing that I know I would get lost. There's just no way that I wouldn't get lost. Right. And I also love that you pointed out that when Leno was trying to take you to the curb, because there were so many people, he couldn't do it, so he turned the wrong direction. <laughs> kept going. Yeah. Oh, there's a crowd of people here. Let's just, you know, just go around them and just keep going. That's what he did. And I didn't notice. I was totally like, I just did not notice. Buddy, do you have to apologize to people when you're in line and your dog totally cuts off people? Because that happens to be a Oh, lot. yeah. Yep. <laughs> The dog doesn't understand the concept of lying. It's like, oh, bunch of people. We need to be in front of them. (laughs) Or, here, Mom, I took you to the counter. And then you're like, oh, my God, I think I just passed, like, four people. Oh, God. I just totally cut, like, this huge line. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Oh, it's okay, dear. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's usually the response. Oh, man. New York City would, I, I think that you are a brave, brave man for going without anybody with you and just taking it on. I think that's so awesome, buddy. I don't know if he did, but he could have used Sendero GPS. Oh, that's I could have. Yes, you could have. 
And now you can get a monthly subscription for $9.99. And the world as we know it will turn again as it should because that happened. That's right. Yes. 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 (laughs) I think it's really going to do a lot for them. And I honestly wish that it had been released with the monthly subscription because I know that a lot of people hesitated. Yeah. And the great thing is that you can buy it for a month. And when you're going on a trip, there it is. Right. And when you come back home yep. and you don't need it, you don't have to pay for it. Yep. I know yep. that that's not what Mike wants people to do, but <laughs> right. I think that's the reality. They've also finally made it usable in the background, and that to me was almost bigger than the whole having to pay for yeah, an entire year. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can't I lock you can my use phone. use it with your phone locked even. Uh, that's yeah. not okay. <laughs> Now you can. I haven't checked the help docs lately. Is there a place to find out what all those sounds mean? Because there's about 473 of them, and they all do different. Oh, my gosh. Man. I like the little turn signal sound. That just, that I just love makes that. Me, that just uh, yeah, cracks me that's up. great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You should write Mike and ask him if he can give you a little. It's like, really, they kind of need a little section in the help that's like, what these sounds do. What did these sounds actually mean? <laughs> Turn signal means a turn is coming yeah, up. Yeah. They've got Google Maps now, which is pretty huge. You can use Google Maps now. So that makes three mapping services that That's you can right. use. Now, do you yep. still need to choose Actually, one? Four. Oh, Sorry, if it is four. Four, okay. I think you do have to pick by default. You have to pick one by you default. You have to pick which one you yeah. want. That's right, because Foursquare is one of their options. Yeah, Foursquare, Google Maps, OpenStreetMaps, and um, uh, nav- NavTech. Of those four, which would you choose if you were going to set a default? Google. Yeah. Is likely what I would choose. I don't know, but, you know, it probably would not be NavTech because Mm-mm. I'm sure that they may be more accurate in some respects because they actually have the map data, but they don't update as often. Right. And I definitely found when I was testing out the app that there were businesses in Corvallis that have been here for years and they didn't even, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, dude, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> this is not new. And with with Foursquare, you have to choose all categories because you never know what something's actually categorized in. And unfortunately, we'll never have that kind of control until Foursquare basically says, hey, you don't get to label this as this because that's not really what it is. And they're continuing to work on the app. I mean, that's the reality. This is not something that they're done with. They're continuing to listen to people and their needs and their wants. And if you need to test it out. You can buy a $10 one-month subscription and see if this is the thing that is going to be the best fit for you. And if it is, you can continue to do the monthly subscription thing, or you can opt for the one-year or the three-year options, which are still available to you. Jamie, we did not put this in our show notes, but should we mention that TapTapC has new pricing options? Indeed, we should. Oh. Uh, that it's okay. hard to remember that that happened since our last show, but yes. You can have 50 photos for, I believe it's uh, $4.99. Mm-hmm. You can also buy, I believe it's three months of unlimited photos for $25. Okay, good. And those were the two new things. Wow, that's... Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. That's pretty cheap. It is pretty cheap. I almost wanted you guys on your Sarospectives special to refer back to the fact that Triple Click Home had an entire rant <laughs> <laughs> devoted to the blind community freaking out about Tap Tap C. Yes, indeed. Uh, we did. I almost sent you a DM, Jamie. Should have. We're my people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but Tap Tap C is still awesome. 
So basically what they're doing is they're saying, look, we're going to give you as many options as you want. It's still not going to be free, but these are ways for us to, uh, quote unquote, appease the masses. Mm -hmm. And if TapTapC is something that you use on a regular basis, like I said, it's worth every penny that I can give them. Definitely. Yeah. I agree. In other news, the AppleViz Golden Apple Awards have been sent out, or not sent out, but released, I should say. Any surprises for you guys, or did you feel like these were all well-deserved? And Oh, definitely well-deserved. Yeah. Oh, well, definitely well-deserved, but... No surprises, I don't think. Embraille, extremely mm-hmm. popular. Uh-huh. As the best app. Yeah. Papa Sangre 2 came in as the best game of the year. I like Papa Sangre, but I think Solera should have won, but that's just my opinion. Well, yeah, well, especially since it's a mainstream game, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. they've really made a real I effort feel like to make Papa, it I feel us. like the people at Something Else went to some efforts to make their game accessible, but there's a lot of it that they didn't need to even mess with, because the game is an audio game. Right. And that's, so like I said, I'm not discrediting them by any means, and it's a great game, and it's a great app. But I think the developers of Solera have actually gone to a lot of effort and time. Oh, for sure. To make it voiceover accessible. Like the, the ability the rearranging to rearrange your, your castle? Map. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And all the descriptions, you know, now we know what our buildings actually look like. That's pretty huge. So I'm sad that they didn't get an Apple Award, but... Something else is just as deserving. And then what was the last? Oh, you a fukaroo. Nice. Yeah. yeah. One again. Uh, yeah. Actually, I really thought true. voice stream would have been a good one to have yeah. gotten something too. But yeah, you know. for sure. But the, again, this is a good problem to have. Too, too many, many great, great apps. apps. I mean, the Bard app could have been the winner. Not enough awards. So I think it's, like Buddy said, it's great that we have too many options where we're like, no, I don't want to pick just one. And that was true when JJ sent me my list of stories to choose from. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I have to pick 10? I know. Uh, it's so sure. hard. That was really hard. And I didn't include iOS 7. And the reason is that to me it was incremental. And I've had an sure. I've had an accessible iPhone for almost five years now. I mean, iOS yeah. 7 neat. That just blows my mind. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that insane? Like, wow. I'm on my third different iPhone, and that is just mind-blowing to me. Our last stories that we're gonna talk about here in the AT talk section is Digitize has been revamped with a new UI and sleeker and simpler. And and it'll recognize more kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. And I hate to say that I'm not a Digitize user because I really should be. But can either of you talk about using the app? Sadly, I purchased it when I first got my iPhone and used it a couple times and haven't played with it since. Same here. I have it. It's just, I have I find it so hard to find barcodes. Yeah. I do too. And unfortunately, that's the reality. I, um, I, I have had some low vision clients that I've had them get digitized, and they absolutely love it because it's easier. They can actually see the barcode. They can't right. read it, but they can see it, and that makes a big difference. I will say, though, that it is very accurate as far as when yeah. you find it. The scan works great. Oh, yeah. Once you get a match, it's great. And actually having more than just this is what this object is, is pretty amazing. Like when you're doing food, you can get calorie counts and nutritional information. Sometimes you can even get the cooking instructions, and that's pretty awesome. So 
It's definitely a worthwhile app. I just went to the App Store recently. The full version is $9.99, and you can do the free version. For all you who want to do your own personal labels, you can utilize their free app and label things independently. So that's really great information, and they're continuing to innovate, and I think it's fantastic. You know, one of the things they brought up on the Sarah Perspectives special is that we don't really know what 2014 is going to bring us. Like, what else do we want our iPhone to do? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Oh, I, it's I, I kind don't of either. scary because I don't want us to be in this world where we're like, is there any app that came out this month? No, no. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I did just get the uh, a dark room because the developer posted on Apple Viz that he's made it fully accessible. I played that for a while and then now kind of this? lost. It's a game where you start out at literally Zero. You know, a fire that yeah. you have to light and right. then you end up building a civilization around right. that. So if you're the kind of oh, gamer that does It's kind of cool. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Sounds like kind of like the Sim civilization yeah, or whatever. Kind of. There's no story, and that for me is kind That's of That's the thing. There really isn't. Yeah, but yeah, but it is kind of neat. You get to buy things and build things, and if your fire goes out, it's really important that you put it back on. And <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like um, have you seen this game? That's like a web-based game. It's called Furry Paws. No. Uh, yeah, Furry <laughs> Paws. Apparently, like you can like raise a dog or train dogs or like uh-huh. start your own kennel or whatever, and you have to build this kennel or whatever with, I don't know, but it's a web-based game and apparently it's accessible. I haven't, I looked at the site. I've also become addicted to cribbage. That's my new um, crunch. Oh, cribbage. You know what? I, I learned how to play cribbage when I was like seven or eight years old with like actual cards, whatever those things are. So the cool thing about cribbage pro is it'll teach you how to play. Okay. Yeah. Well, Well, it was cool because like, I learned how to play at the School for the Blind and Criminally Insane, yeah. and right, um, we did it. We did it for <laughs> we did it for math class. It was one of the things we did in math class. Oh, I and, believe it. Like we didn't because you have yeah, we to didn't. do math the entire oh, time yeah. you're playing. Yeah, you yeah. have to like be able to add to thirty one, and it was cool. Actually, we didn't use the pegboard. We used the abacus. Oh, oh, to keep nice. Score. Awesome. It was great. This teacher was fantastic. This was the teacher who I'm actually totally taught me how to use the abacus. <laughs> Yeah, this was the teacher who taught me how to use the abacus in the first place. She, uh-huh. when I was at school, you know, like when I was seven, I got a job delivering bulletins to all the uh-huh. teachers. I got, went around the school, delivered bulletins. And this math teacher, you know, she taught high school math and we worked with her too in the lower grades eventually. But every time I went to her classroom, she'd stop class and she'd come over and she'd teach me how to add or subtract a new number on the abacus. Nice. And so yeah, it was awesome. awesome. She was great. Now, did you go to Texas school for the blind? This was sir? in Arizona. Oh, Arizona. This okay. was Arizona. And we moved to Texas when I was 10. And when I moved to Texas, they mainstreamed me. But Oh, okay. Jamie, were you a school for the blind the, kid? I went to Texas school for the blind for about four or five years. And then I moved to Missouri and also was mainstreamed. So yeah. I gotcha. I grew up in Nevada where they don't have them. Yeah, this teacher yeah. was awesome. Unfortunately, she died of a stroke when I was oh, gosh. nine or ten. Oh, that's awful. She was fantastic. I'll never forget her. The teacher that took over for her was also really cool, but this particular math teacher, like I say, we did cribbage. 
and it was fun. Do she you guys great. have any other apps that have uh, popped up in your list of things that you're using on a regular basis? I got Instapaper. Ah. Yeah. I'm playing Dice World. Ah. And Farkle and Yahtzee. And- uh-huh, uh-huh. I haven't succumbed. Yeah. I have not um, succumbed either. I have not succumbed. I'm sad to report that the walk is out because it's out, but it's not accessible. And oh, no. They're working on oh. it. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that because I have the 5S. I got Fitbit and uh-huh. I don't okay. have to get an external thingy. And it's my little pedometer. It's great. I don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. I just have it open in the background and it tracks all my movement. It's great. So for all you 5S users, you can get Fitbit without getting an external device. The most recent things that I've been playing with have been Freak and the um, Revo keyboard that I've been talking about. Ah, yes. That I need to record a demo of. Oh, yeah. Also, I should point out that Radio Nami, which bought Winamp, for all you Winamp fans... You should go get their app because it is accessible. And if you want another radio option, it's very Shoutcast-like. So if you enjoyed Shoutcast, then you will likely enjoy Radio Nami. I will say that their ads are loud, which I really hate when I'm listening to like a ambient station. Yeah, enjoy this relaxing music. I go yeah. from having peaceful music to progressive.com. <laughs> <laughs> But Radio Nami is another thing that you guys should add to your list. So I was pretty excited when I saw that not only were they bought out and they plan to bring Winamp back from the dead, but that they also have apps already and they are, at least on iOS, they are accessible. So, yay. All right. So Jamie is going to have a fantastic interview with Miss Shannon. Shannon Reese. Okay. Uh, Shannon Reese. Shazza. 59 on Twitter, I believe. Okay. Shannon has a daughter with Down syndrome, and we're going to visit with Shannon about how her daughter uses the iPad for education and how Shannon kind of interacts with her daughter and what apps they use together and that Eilish, her daughter, might use separately. So a very interesting interview focusing on education, which is a subject that is dear to Alina's heart, as is mine and Buddy's as well. For sure. Well, this month on Triple Click Home, I am joined by Shannon Reese. Many of you know who she is. Mama Shaz, Shazza59, lots and lots of awesome audio booze that come from Miss Shannon. So welcome to the Triple Click Home podcast, first of all. Thank you, sir. And we are talking this week about the iPad in education. And uh, that is something that's near and dear to your heart because you have a daughter, Eilish, who has Down syndrome. And uh, you know, I've talked about that in different times, Ben. You also speak of that quite often on the internet, so people that follow you know a little bit about that. So talk to me about kind of how you got involved with using the iPad with Eilish. It's important to say that this is your story and her story. This is not one of those, you do this and it'll work for you just like it works for me situations, right? Absolutely right, yeah. And it also depends on whatever disability the child has or whatever function the child is at, what would work for my daughter would not work for anybody else necessarily. But how I got started was when I got the iPhone, which I (laughs) was really afraid to get. I I was a little nervous and, you know, the touch screen and all that stuff. But when I got my iPhone and, and began to really understand what it could do for me, 
um, I started thinking, okay, I wonder if an iPad would do uh, what, what it would have for my daughter. And um, the reason I was thinking of the iPad was the bigger screen real estate, you know, because some people with Down syndrome have low muscle tone, so their motor skills aren't as good and they can't do the tiny swipes that a, an iPhone might require. So Eilish has um, a really awesome speech therapist, and she has, um, was Eilish's speech therapist for 13 years, and she was beginning to explore the iPad with her clientele, a lot of whom are autistic, and um, autistic is a totally different kettle of fish. I mean, there's... Uh, it's just a totally different disability, but she sort of gave me where to start. She said, what are you looking to teach her? And at that point, what we were working on was safety and community and survival signs. So stuff like don't walk, stop, exit, enter, you know, the and, and then like a bus stop, some of the signs that mm-hmm. people use in the community and that, they, that help them. And that was what her IEP was wanting us to concentrate on. So I did a search, and I found these Conover apps. They're made by a company called the Conover Company, which is based out of California, and they are into all kinds of planning, and they have all kinds of apps, but the ones I was interested in were sign apps. And um, then I had to determine how to test. Well, I was really shy. I'd only had the iPhone for three or four months, and I didn't feel like I was good enough to test And so I had these friends on Twitter. They all kind of rallied around me, and they downloaded uh, a free Conover company app, and they were absolutely amazed by how completely and utterly accessible it was with voiceover. So I thought, well, I'll just get the iPad and try. And now she knows a lot of her signs. She will identify them. And people have commented, boy, she knows a lot of the community signs. And I'm like, oh, Conover Company, thank you very much. <laughs> and so, so that's how we got started with her, with that particular type of specialized app. And what they are is their videos. And she sort of knows how to do the iPad with the voiceover way. She knows how to double tap. And so, you know, we'll flick through the videos and it will say, for instance, women's restroom. So it tells you what the video is. And then if you double tap, you okay. get, a, a, you know, it'll say this sign says women's restroom. And it, you know, this is a restroom for girls and women to enter when they need to use the bathroom. You know, just really simplistic right. video with a lot of repetition. So with the voiceover and the video, I know exactly what she's watching. She's got an app that called Grocery Signs and Words, and she loves the grocery store. Everybody who follows me on the Internet knows this. Eilish is a grocery store fiend. And so I'll say, well, right. go find the eggs. And so she'll flip through, and I hear voiceover say, you know, broccoli, beets, whatever. And then I'll say eggs, and she'll say, right. here it is, Mommy, and we'll double tap, and we'll get talk about eggs and watch the eggs video. Yeah. Nice. That's great. So that's how we can work together with that with her. Yeah. Well, you mentioned several apps. Then how many of these do you have, and are they very expensive, each one of them? There's a couple of apps that are sort of a grouping of their apps. There's one called, I think, Community Science and Words is free, and it's got a little bit of each app in it. But we have several. There's School Science and Words and Restroom Science and Words and Grocery Science and Words, and I think she's got about 20 Conover mm-hmm. apps. There's also some with money, and those have helped us so much because it will describe, the right. say, the back of a $1 bill. You know, this, this dollar bill has, you know, and it, so I know exactly what she's seeing, and 
she's getting the voiceover mm-hmm. feedback and the audio and from the video plus the the, the video. So okay. we have probably about twenty contracts. So how much are they a piece? They range between. I would say one ninety nine and three ninety nine for the iPad apps. Most of them are available on the iPad. Yeah, and okay. some of them are for the Very iPhone, good. but we have iPad apps. So we'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes. Is that uh, Conover, C-O-N-N-O-V-E-R, two N's or? C-O-N-O-V-E-R okay. company.com. Gotcha. And I think that's the right address. It's either conovercompany.com or theconovercompany.com, but I, I think can, it's conovercompany.com. Um, and I have to say that they had no idea about voiceover at all. And they were pretty much blown away when I wrote them and said, hey, you understand that, you know, I am a totally blind mother and I have this child and, and I can use it with voiceover. And I said, and I told them how to try voiceover. I told them exactly how right. to turn it on on an iPad. And I said, you understand that this is really accessible. And they were shocked. They're like, we had no idea at all. They were really surprised. I love those happy accidents, as I like to call them, when accessibility just works. And, yeah. yeah. But it's great that you made mm-hmm. them aware. So yeah. they, they are aware that it's... Yeah. I did. Yeah. And I asked them, I said, you know, please don't change anything. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't want them to break. Consult me if you're going to do an update, please. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyone who knows a lot about education has probably heard of the app ProLoquo, which is not cheap, by the way, or not inexpensive. No. And I know you've had some experience with that. Talk to us about that just a little bit. First of all, for the layperson, kind of why is that such an important app and why is it so high dollar? And what were your experiences with it? ProLoquo is what's called an AAC. It's an Alternative Augmentative Communication app. And it is for people who are nonverbal or who have trouble enunciating. And it is a very high-powered kind of it does everything app and you can basically write in words and make labels for things. You can use a keyboard to type in sentences or you can go through categories of words to say, you know, I have a headache or I like oatmeal or you can have records in there to where like if you're nonverbal, you might go to the medical category and it would say, my name is Ann Smith and my doctor's name is Dr. John Doe and I have a heart condition that is this. And so it will actually speak the words out and read them and you can use the acapella voices to adjust for your child, for your child's sex, mm-hmm. age, etc. Last year, her eighth grade teacher decided that she needed an AAC and I had some real problems with it. I was kind of reluctant, but I thought, well, okay, let's give it a try. So they brought the iPad home, and it was up to me to figure out if it was accessible or not with voiceover. I was scared. I'm like, okay, is this even going to work? Well, it did. I was actually shocked. I could read all the words, and if I flicked through the words, I could see them, and if I double-tapped them, then it would select them in the program. So that was kind of neat for me. For Eilish, it was really frustrating because she feels like she can speak, which she can. Understanding is something that with her, when you get to know her, you get to understand her, but at first you don't. But she didn't like it at all, and... Then there were some things. There was one thing that I would try to do. I would try to write her information, and I would get to labeling something, and I would double-tap on something, and the whole app would crash. Oh. 
it would just take me completely out of the app. And we took it to the tech guys at the school district, and they knew just enough about voiceover to be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, they reformatted our iPad. Uh, they did everything, and it was just with voiceover yeah. running. You went to make a label, and, of course, you know, you want to label your kid's stuff, and the app would just die. And I tried to make contact with the ProLoco people, and it that was really not a pleasant experience. I got a lot of, uh, well, go to the training pages. And I'm like, you understand about voiceover? <laughs> yeah. And there was this one person who, I guess he was nonverbal and used voiceover with ProLoco, but I never got together with him. And it was just a, it turned out to be, Eilish hated it so much that I sent the iPad back mm. because ProLoco was too powerful for right. her. It's too right. much. That's interesting. It's important to know that you might have too much of a tool there. Yeah. Yes. But the one thing I think that, that came good out of it was it, it is accessible with voiceover, but it is a steep learning curve. And because of all of the flicking, you know, the fonts are bigger, so a category might take up two or three pages, and there was no way to do it but to flick. Even if you do the, what is it, the, the three-finger swipe up to change pages, it wouldn't work, so you had to flick through everything. Yeah. With voiceover, anyway. I cannot recommend it for a blind parent unless the child is nonverbal only. I mean, if you've got some intellectual disability there where there might be some reading, I don't see how it could be a pleasant experience. Right. Not with voiceover, anyway. Okay. That's very important to know. So the Conover apps, then, are the ones that you find probably the most useful with Eilish. Is that mm-hmm. right at this time? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and she's outgrowing them, which is good because she's learning her signs and she's learning her money. There's also ones that they're doing now for work, which we haven't gotten into yet because she's too young, but they will take you through your day. So there's one that they've got, that's, and this is a $30 app, where you, you basically plan your child's day. You, you wake up and the child looks at the iPad and says, oh, I have to eat oh, breakfast. Yeah. Oh, I have to brush my teeth. Oh, it's 8 o'clock. I better go outside and wait for my bus to go to work. And so it plans out the whole day. And that's one we haven't looked at yet. The school district, in my case, won't get the Conover apps. They have a list of apps that they get, and they won't get Conover. And so teachers are buying them on my recommendation for their kids. They're bringing in their own iPads and buying them because the school district won't for whatever reason. And there's also a much lower-powered communications app that's called Functional Communication, and that's what she would need. You know, she doesn't need help saying, I need to use the restroom or I'm hungry. She can say that. And if she knows that that you don't understand her, she'll go and show you, hey, I want some milk. You know, here's the milk. I want the milk. So she doesn't need ProLoquo, but Functional Communication, yeah, she might. So right now she's got no iPad at school for uh, it's we've we've left her on for assistive tech, but right now she's not into it for school. But here um, another app now that I can talk about is uh, the Reading Rainbow app, which you know we've all heard yes. of Reading Rainbow. I'm sure the take a look. It's in a book. It's Reading Rainbow, the TV show. They have an app out, and it is not really accessible with voiceover, but the settings come to where the book can be read aloud. So Eilish would pick a book, and then the Reading Rainbow would read it out loud. So I still got to know what she was reading, and we could still talk about it. Right. So even though the apps aren't always accessible with voiceover, you can make them work if you use your imagination and make them work for you, even if they don't work all the way. Do you find that in the classroom, I know just the last few months, I've seen uh, teachers really take to the iPad and students take to the iPad in the classroom. I would imagine you've probably seen that in Eilish's school as well. 
Yes, she never has. She doesn't like it in the classroom, but some of her students last year, it really helped them. It really gave them a way to communicate, and it really gave them an outlet. Now, she likes to draw, so we have sketch apps, and some of them are kids' apps, but some of them are not, and she will sit there and draw, you know, and use it to sketch because she loves to draw. Right. And, of course, those aren't accessible at all. You know, you fire them up and voiceover just clicks at you. But she likes to draw, and so she uses it. And, you know, and I'll I'll ask her, well, what are you drawing? You know, she'll say grass. I'm like, well, what color is the grass today? Because she likes to draw grass right now. And, you know, it's black grass. I'm like, okay, well, let's put some flowers in it, you know. And then so so even though, you know, she's using it for her own imagination as well and to do things. And she likes it. That's great. Well, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to visit with us. I suspect that there are people that are going to want to touch base with you at some point. Uh, what would be a way for them to contact you? Well, they can do it via Twitter at Shazza59. That's S-H-A-Z-Z-A-5-9. Yep. Um, and they can email me, I-L-U-V, as in Victor, the number two, R E A D at cox.net. Okay. Um, and again, I just want to say this again because it's really important. I can't answer each individual child's questions because even with Down syndrome, you know, it's all so different. And what Eilish might be able to do, the next child can't or vice versa. So it really, you have to look at your school. And the one piece of advice that Eilish's speech therapist gave me is whatever your looking on whatever your child's need is, then search on that for the app store. Like for her, we wanted to look on uh, community signs or social signs. And that's how I found the Conover app. If you're looking for reading, you might want to look on something else. It's a good point. I found that with with music as well. Yes. And there's also, you know, the special education category in the app store. Okay. Right. Right. That's important too. Yeah, there's there's a way and and you know basically just I mean there's all kinds of stuff and there's there's all kinds of Twitter feeds that I get about news from iPads and you know how schools are doing with them and and this that and the other so the information is out there it's just a matter of finding it. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to visit with us today on the podcast. All right, well, thank you so much, Jamie, for that interview. The iPad is an amazing educational resource, and I'm so glad that it has access for so many of our students. It's really important to note for all of you guys that are not really aware, the leading cause of blindness for our kids that are under 18 at this point is what's called cortical visual impairment. And cortical visual impairment is a result of often prematurity and cognitive developmental problems. So what ends up happening is that babies that are born premature often don't develop normally and that can result in cognitive difficulties. Well, that explains my problem right there. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Yours is a very complicated situation, buddy, actually, unfortunately. <laughs> so cortical visual impairment, what ends up happening is that their eyes are perfectly fine. Their brains, however, cannot actually process the images that are coming into their brain. And so it's really interesting. And CVI kids can range from nonverbal and very, very challenged as far as physical and motor and cognitive capabilities go. And then sometimes they are verbal and they can learn to actually see. And that's kind of really funky, cool thing that we use the iPad for. (laughs) 
And I think it's great that Shannon's able to use the iPad with her daughter because that's just fantastic. And I think that having a tool like the iOS devices is really opening doors for parents. And I think that Definitely. that's wonderful, you know. You know, doing music therapy in the state school situation where there are some very severely disabled children uh-huh, uh-huh. and young people, when the iPad was introduced in there just recently, uh-huh. I remember thinking, gosh, some of these kids are going to use this thing like a Frisbee. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Young people really do take to it. Oh, and the staff, wonderful. the teachers are able to understand it, to use it. You know, it's not such difficult technology that they're scratching their heads trying to figure out how to make this thing work. Well, and do you feel like that that opened a door for you even as a musical therapist? I'm looking at getting an iPad mini. I'm probably going to do that. I just bought one. Fairly. They're pretty awesome. Yep. Yep. Because, <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it will open some awesome. doors for me as well. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, from the iPad and its awesomeness to the iWatch, which doesn't exist yet. Right. But maybe it will. And what three amazing things will it be? And and, then this article highlights what we were talking about earlier. That Apple what Apple does is And function. It takes existing technologies and then makes them more appealing. Yeah. Appealing Um, to the masses. Makes them stylish, smooths out the rough UI edges. Because one of the things that he points Mm -hmm. out is that none of the smartwatches are actually fashionable. Apparently they're like pretty hideous. And like they're not easy to use or something. And they're bulky. Like no woman is probably going to want right. one because they're too big. They won't that. even fit on our wrist. And I also like that he points out that the functionality thing, like forget this whole pedometer thing. That's like five years ago, right? This thing's going to be able to do your blood pressure, your pulse ox, your heart monitoring, your blah, 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 blah. Then it's going to put it all in a grid So maybe you can just call your doctor and say, look, I know I got a cold. I'm going to upload this information to your office. Uh, Please just write me a script. That'd be awesome. That would. That would be awesome. (laughs) I could just see it calling into the doctor. (laughs) According to my iWatch, my temperature right now is 103. (laughs) What do you think I should do? (laughs) I'm going to have my phone email you this information, the log from my watch. Yeah. 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 I mean, I could definitely see this. Yeah. And actually, from a doctor's standpoint, I think they would think it was fantastic. Because it gives them information about the patient before they arrive. I mean, the one, I don't know if this has ever happened to you guys, but I swear it's happened to me multiple times where you have a fever, you get the doctor appointment on that Uh day because they fit you in, you show up, boom, the fever's gone. You don't have any symptoms. I was sick two days ago, honest. (laughs) Doctor, I swear (laughs) I'm sick. Or like me, I had a really, really debilitating migraine yesterday, and I called up my doctor because I'm like, I'm pretty much done with this. How do we stop this from happening ever again? Uh, we can get you in next Wednesday. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Great. I better not have a migraine <laughs> yeah. by next Wednesday. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> Thank you, doctor. I feel very fortunate so that useful. I don't get headaches. <laughs> my wife does some. I mean, I get uh, occasional ones, but not anything truly debilitating. But from what I've learned from her, they come on fast sometimes. Yep. Like, there's no notice whatsoever. No. I just woke up in the morning, and I was like, oh. Hey, today's yeah. going to suck. That's Great. funny. I mean, she'll do that same thing. Woke up out of it, sound sleep, first thing in the morning with a migraine. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, man. It's so much fun to be a woman. <laughs> <sighs> now, that's a podcast title if I ever heard one. 
<laughs> Whether we'll use it or not will remain to be seen, but it's a possibility. It's so much fun to be a woman. So, yes, thank you. And I hope that Apple, you know, if they do end up coming out with a watch, please be aware that this is something that women probably do want. Mm -hmm. And I heard a really interesting interview with the makers of Fitbit because they have actually just partnered with a jewelry designer and she's going to make it so that you can buy jewelry and then you put your little Fitbit sensor inside of it oh. so that you can be fashionable and fit at the same time. <laughs> and I'm not that kind of woman, but, you know, I do want something that will actually fit on my wrist. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of something huge and bulky. And I can totally see Apple coming out with things that are designed for both men and women. And I think that that's pretty critical. And by the way, all ye developers out there listening, turning something pink does not make it a girly thing. No, it okay? is. In fact, some of us women don't even, we don't want it because it's pink. So <laughs> I love that that was like some of the attitude. Oh, we'll just come out with something in pink and that'll mean that women will want to buy make it. it all better. Uh, I don't know. Uh, buddy, is your wife a pink fan? No, she likes purple. All right. She's my kind of lady. How about yours, Jamie? Would your wife go, oh, my God, it's pink. Um, I must have just it. Just more shiny. If it's shiny, she likes it. She likes shiny. Shiny. <laughs> blingy. Yeah. It's got to be blingy. So she'll want one of those diamond iPhone cases or something that, you know. Uh-huh. She doesn't have uh-huh. one. I will point that out very quickly. But, yeah. <laughs> the next opinion I like piece this is that Apple one. knows exactly what they're doing. With the iPhone. And y'all just need to shut up. (laughs) Essentially, that's what they're saying. I've been saying the same thing for months and months and months. And I think these guys said it better, though. Yeah. They obviously are not in any danger of having their market share become a problem. Well, they're not going for market share. They don't care about market share. Mm. And that's something that people often forget. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're making money hand over fist right now. That's right. Yep. And as somebody on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me said, Apple's going to come out with something that I don't need, but I'm going to buy it anyway because they <laughs> right. made it. Like, I'm going to feel compelled to go out and buy this thing, and I don't even know what it does, but Apple made it, so it must be awesome. I get amused at Leo Laporte on Mac Break Weekly. It's like, yeah, a $20,000 Mac? Yeah, I'm buying one. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I've got my credit card right well, now. I'm going to order it. If you look at how many things at CES were iOS compatible right. and not anything else. Yeah. It's really been a trend for the yeah. past couple of years at CES. And mm-hmm. it's even funnier because Apple doesn't go to CES. <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> I know. I loved it. With like free advertising the entire show. Yeah. Who needs it? You know? Yeah. So if anybody thinks that the iPhone is going bye-bye, I think they've lost their marbles. There's no reason to think they're going anywhere. And now that they've got the motion not sensor, this year. I think yeah. that's, yeah, not this year. <laughs> not this year. Nope. I mean, anything could change, right? Look at BlackBerry. But oh, sure. I don't think yeah. it's happening oh, yeah. anytime very soon. Yeah, and even corporate America is finally giving up their Blackberries, which I still think it's hilarious that they might still have them. But that's okay. Isn't the president still using a black? He is. Oh my god, I that know. is so weird. I know. It's like, dear Mr. President. That is just bizarre. 
Do you know that you're using technology that's like considered ancient at this point? I just don't even know what he does. I mean, he must just like text a few friends or something because it's not like he's going to set his own schedule on it. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's the president right? for crying out loud. I don't think he has any control over his own no, schedule. No, I really don't. Crazy. He probably texts Mrs. Obama and maybe a few yeah. couple of friends and that's probably about it. Right. Uh, and finally, as we were just mentioning, it's about CES and all of their Apple-controlled devices. Yes. Uh, <laughs> 2014 is going to be the year that the iPhone does everything. everything. Yeah, including cook your breakfast if you're going to use a crockpot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay! I really want it to start doing everything. When does that happen? I want to wake up in the morning and go, hey, you know what would be really neat, Mr. iPhone? I want French toast right now. <laughs> I just want Siri to get out of the hospital and work again. Bless her heart. Oh. She needs to get well. Siri she does. used to be awesome. And Siri's still not horrible, but it just needs some, yeah. needs some love, needs some work. Yeah. Or maybe I need something besides an iPhone 4S. There's always that possibility, too. You do mm. need something besides an iPhone yeah, for okay. us, but right. yeah, I'll, you definitely yeah. try to work on that. Maybe That's the sad reality before the year is over. Did you guys see anything in this particular piece where you're like, "Yes, I'm so excited about my iPhone doing that." My iPhone does everything <laughs> now, except you know, like I can control my alarm system. I can't control my thermostat or smoke alarm yet, but you know, and I can't set it to cook my. Breakfast. I yet, really did like but, the smoke alarm thing where I could like wave my mm-hmm. iPhone. Yes, I realized that the toaster oven is smoking. Please yep. stop. <laughs> I would like to be able to control yeah, my cable from my iPhone to be able to record yes. channels. I'd like to like be that. able to, to do the online shows. online program guide yeah. and all that, but the dish app is just totally yeah, no. Useless. That's, yeah, that's unfortunate. That's too bad. I can actually use the Comcast app relatively well. To change the channel, which is kind of neat. Yeah. But it's still not as great as the Apple TV. The thing I hate about cable today is that, well, not only do you have to know what package you have, because I hate that. Like, I'll go, I can't have the program guide just show me the specific channels that I happen to subscribe to. Because then it's inevitable that I'll go past something and I'll go, oh, I want to see that. Oh, I don't have that channel. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, they'd be able to do it easy enough. I mean, you log into it and it already knows what you have. Yeah. Shouldn't they do that already? I yes, think they so. should. Yes. I remember when we got HBO and it took me like 10 minutes to figure out what number HBO was because it's something like 501 and I'm scrolling, scrolling, Ooh. scrolling. I don't see HBO. Where's HBO? <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing. I would like my iPhone to be able to control my television a little bit better. But I happen to be a Comcast subscriber, and they're the ones that are actually coming out with the talking set-top Yes, box, they're going to have so. the talking yeah. set-top box. Then, of course, there's the um, iPhone-controlled air conditioner. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I don't even have an air conditioner. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I should rephrase. I have a window air conditioner. Okay. I do not have a, a regular air conditioning unit. You know what we need, guys, is we need an iPhone that will just create Braille for us. On the screen. Oh. That would be awesome. Like I said, the Braille display people, come on, get with these um, morphing glass people or whatever <laughs> people that are making the things with the pop-up keyboards. Get with those guys. Let's make something yeah. happen. Any developers that are listening to our show, make an app that we're like, I didn't even know I needed that. <laughs> yes. That's what I want. <laughs> yes. 
because that would be great. All right, guys, when we come back from our break, we will have your mailbag, and we'll see you after the break. Hello? Hi, I found your name on the internet. I'm going through a foreclosure. Can you help me? (laughs) Absolutely, ma'am. What we do is simple. We leverage your transitory expenditures into a fiduciary trust to help keep your equity totally solvent. Then we're going to blah blah your assets to hedge against any impending IPOs or DVDs. Now, it's important to massage the assets, then exfoliate and apply a light cream. Standard procedure. And then, of course, that money goes into my private account. I don't get it. Well, you don't have to. If you're facing foreclosure, there are a lot of companies promising to help you. All of the information can be really confusing. But who should you trust? The Hope Hotline. The Hope Hotline is a free resource connecting you with HUD-approved housing counseling agencies available 24 hours a day who understand your situation. Since 2007, they've helped over 5 million people get the clarity and information they need. Call the Hope Hotline at 888-995-HOPE. That's 888-995-4673. Brought to you by NeighborWorks America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Triple Click Home, and we have comments from all y'all fine people out there listening to us fine people in here, and uh, that's just fine. So the first thing we've got (laughs) here is actually I, I got somebody that done taught me something. Actually, somebody else posted it on Twitter to me as well, and thank you very much to both of y'all, but... I learned that, yes, you can, in fact, turn Zoom off with voiceover on with the three-finger double tap toggles ah. Zoom on and off if you have voiceover on. What I uh, ended up... three-finger double say, taps that, turns speech, that speech on and yeah. off. That's, that mutes speech, but if you have Zoom on... Oh, okay, if you have it on, okay. Oh, yeah, if gotcha. you have Zoom on, okay. it, it toggles uh-huh. Zoom on and off if you've got Zoom set on. And then the three-finger triple tap... Mutes uh-huh. and unmutes the speech if you're using Zoom. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah. What I okay. ended up doing on Melanie's iPad was, before I knew about this, setting triple click to turn Zoom on and off, and then just using Siri to turn voiceover on and off. Which is pretty nice. Ah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I'm glad that you don't have to choose and, and that, yes, you really can run both. That's um, something that I thought you were supposed to be able to do, and then when I couldn't do it, you were very annoyed. I was I was quite annoyed, and so I'm glad that that actually works. We've got a note here from Beth talking about Braille and refreshable Braille technology and some links to projects. Thank you, Beth. Yes, the cheap cell phone for the blind with the refreshable Braille display that could be on sale by the end of last year. Eh, eh. Nope. It went about where I thought it would go, which is nowhere. That's right. Um, I'd like to know what his research or whatever actually netted with uh, some of the innovation uh-huh. prize money or what have you that he got last year. Um, if that well, actually and did I mention to you guys that there, but... my sighted TVIs can't read Braille displays because there's no contrast? Ah. Isn't that interesting? Uh-huh. Hey, that guess what? Uh-huh. You've got these things at the ends of your hands. They're called fingers. <laughs> and they work really well for reading learned, Braille. Yes, right. You mean that you think teachers who teach Braille shouldn't read it with their eyeballs? In fact, I do not think Come they on, should. Buddy. In fact, I think that they should read it with their fingers. I agree. My major professor who is sighted, he actually does both. Yeah. Cool. And that's how he reads fastest. Oh, wow. Is he uses his eyes and his fingers. Huh. Cool. But he does use his fingers. And I was like, you're seriously like the only sighted TBI that I've seen that's like, yeah, I'm going to read this with my hands, which is how it's supposed to be read. 
I've heard that it's a strain on the eyes to do it, to read Braille with your eyes. It is a strain on the... Oh, and if they get a book for their kiddo that's done using double-sided... Oh, they can't do it. They totally can't can't do it. They can't read it at all. And I'm like, okay, you've acknowledged a limitation in yourself. How about you do something about it? (laughs) I didn't say that to any of them, of course, but that was kind of what I was thinking. Like, uh, Well, and, and let's not even talk about how these subtle prejudices against Braille, like, well... You know, I have trouble reading it. So then they teach their kids that Braille is hard and it's slow and it's mm-hmm. of necessity right. inferior when it is not. Right. Right. Quit teaching our kids that. Yes. Don't teach them that it's hard. It's not hard. How can people contact us? Because we see, I mean, you guys, we know you love us, but man, we're so surprised at how little feedback we get. So... Surely we don't cover absolutely everything and leave no thoughts for anybody else, because I'll guarantee you my head's pretty empty most of the time. Um, (laughs) You can write to us. You can send email to resources at serotalk.com. You can leave us an iReport using your iPhone or your Android phone. You can call the Blab line at 866-997-2522 and leave a message there. You can, as our friend who told us about toggling Zoom on and off, leave a comment on the blog at uh, tripleclickhome.com. Lots and lots of ways you can get a hold of us. You can even tweet us on Twitter at twitter.com slash tripleclickhome. We like it when you do that, too. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. So tell us what's on your mind. Keep those cards and letters coming, you folks in television land. And, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to hearing from you. If I felt like it was justifiable, which it's probably not, I would love for us to do a kind of thing like they do on Car Talk, where they always say that you can submit your answer to the puzzler by emailing it to cartalk.com. But you can also put it on the back of. (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. We would like you guys to submit your comments about Triple Click Home, and you can send it to me. <laughs> on the written, back of a Mac Pro. <laughs> on the back of an Octacore Mac Pro. Mac with, Pro, yes. With 32 gigs of RAM, a one terabyte hard drive, and dual video display. Yep. It's yes. a guarantee like that it. your comment will be on the podcast if you deliver it in that fashion. <laughs> Absolutely. It doesn't really make much difference what you have to say. It will be featured. Okay. <laughs> it will be featured. <laughs> <It> will. <laughs> uh, the old pale or old blues. That's right. All right. Well, speaking of really cool things that we may or may not need, what do you guys think about this pressure sensitive iPhone case that gives you the ability? Isn't this to- the case that Flexi was talking about last summer where they were saying yes. that they were going to be working with this? I think so. I think so, too. So essentially, the idea is that it allows you to use more of your device as a touchscreen. And apparently, one of the cool things it can do is, like, you squeeze the sides, and that will take the picture for you. You can use the back as a touchscreen as well as the front. Well, not really a touchscreen because you can't see on it, but at least a a touch (laughs) interface. Yeah. So so you get the whole screen so you can I'm like sorry, look at buddy, your I stuff. I don't look at my screen so. <laughs> well, I don't look at my screen either, but some of these light slaves do in fact look at their screen. I know. <laughs> light slaves. These light dependent people? Yes. It's kind of an interesting idea. I'm wondering what it looks like. I'm wondering how much thicker it makes your phone. 
I don't know, yeah. but it only apparently is going to weigh an ounce, and it'll actually connect to your lightning connector. Mm-hmm. And it only works with three apps right now, but they're quote-unquote working with developers. <laughs> so... This is also another one of those things that isn't available yet. It's slated to be out in the spring for $99. So if you really feel compelled. We got yeah. The iPhone controlled door locks coming out this summer. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah how many of those dates do you think are going to stay what they are? I think right they're all going to slip. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Just like construction. Have you guys ever seen a construction project that finished on time? Why, No. Not that I can recall. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't this supposed to be done last week? Oh, hey, wasn't that supposed to be done last month? Maybe if they charge $1,000 for it, it'll get done faster. So the buses in Corvallis were supposed to be talking again as of last October. Hmm? It is now January 15th. The buses, they still don't talk. See, they need a $1,000 app for that. Yes, they do need a $1,000 app for that. Buddy, talk about this lovely scheme <laughs> that I didn't even know about. I had no clue that this was happening. I, no. Wow. I didn't either. This I is mean, great. like, talk about gaming the system. Uh-huh. So what the deal is, is, like, someone will write an app, and they'll put it out at some normal price and then they'll raise the price up and then they'll raise the price up to the maximum, the price that the iTunes store allows, which is $999. And they'll put it there for a couple of hours and they'll like wire this money to this account and someone will buy it from that account, like, and deplete the account, like buy, you know, eight copies of it or whatever at that price. Right. And that'll skyrocket the app to the top grossing app of the week or whatever. And so it'll get, you know, an hour and a half on the front page of the iTunes store. Of the app store. At yeah. which point the price gets lowered back to 99 cents or dollar uh-huh. ninety nine or whatever. And then people buy it. And well, I guess Apple's starting to sort of catch on to this and, and <laughs> um, yeah. doing stuff about it, I guess. But well, first of all, I guess you've got to have the $10,000 to start with to play the shell game. But yeah. right. there's so many crazy aspects to this. First of all, that someone would actually conceive of this idea. Second, <laughs> that they'd actually have the cojones to pull it off. And third, <laughs> right. that there are actually people besides the people buying the seven or eight copies of the app, but there are actually other people that see this and spend the $1,000 yeah. for the app. Yeah. Really? And you thought AT was expensive. <laughs> I can't think of an app that I would spend $1,000 on. Nothing. Not no. one thing. No. Nothing. There's not a thing that could possibly come out that I would spend $1,000. And you thought that paying, wow. you know, $69 a year for Sendero was expensive. For Sendero or, was bad. <laughs> you know, or like yeah. $10 for Tap Tap C. You thought that was bad? I think this might put that in a little bit of perspective there. Uh-huh. I just love that people, like you said, are actually willing to go then buy the app. Like, I don't get it. I really don't. It's just crazy. Because even like um, Pro Loco, isn't Pro Loco? It's a couple hundred, isn't it? It's like a couple hundred. But that's like a communicator for people who are non communicative. Yeah. And it's thousands of dollars less than any hardware option out there. Right. My wife went to a jewelry store where they had a kind of a open house for the ladies and 
and she got to hold a $90,000 diamond. It's like, and people really Whoa, buy that? I would be, people, that would scare the crap out of me. She didn't know what it cost until Seriously. after she was held, but yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah. It's like, take this back, I'd be please. afraid of Wait, dropping it, it like right now. What does it cost? $90,000, this diamond. That's a lot of money for a piece of jewelry, even if you had it in the bank. I would be afraid. I mean, to have something like that just sitting out that you could hold, that would just, yeah. oh, crap, I just dropped it and it rolled down the air conditioner vent. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, and I'd do something like that. <laughs> so I have a friend who's a goldsmith, and over the Christmas break, they actually had, uh, they do special orders. And I don't know what the piece costs in total. But I can tell you that the pink diamond that was purchased by this uh, gentleman, yep. the diamond was $200,000. Wow. Oh. Like yeah. Buddy, if, if you over, ever if drop something. Yeah. And apparently, yeah. <laughs> apparently, the woman was actually, she was going to wear this piece. Oh, my. Like, with pride. She was going to wear was it. Like, she was going to uh, wear it until somebody mugged her and stole it, right? Oh, man. <laughs> I've actually told my husband, if you spend over this amount, it's going to be put in a safety deposit box, never to see the light of day, because I will be terrified (laughs) to wear it. Yeah, right? Like, don't do that. If you ever (laughs) drop that diamond, be sure and have your digital recorder handy, because that will make some awesome audio that we will (laughs) proudly post, I guarantee you. Yes. All right, let's finish up by telling our listeners what are the 12 apps that they should delete from their phone. This is a great article. I like this one, I, too. This yeah. is a great article. Compass Many of these to start apps with. I never I put on my phone in the first place. Right. But Compass, uh, I don't um, know. Compass is pretty that useful. Could, that could be handy. Yeah, that's a good point. Stocks, well, yeah, I'd love to delete stocks. Hilarious. Right. You can't delete stocks. No, <laughs> I know you can't, but I'd love to. Actually, the ones that they mentioned that you can would, like, bump which I've never had on my phone, but that yes. one. I've never yeah. had that on my phone. Bump is no longer right. useful. Neither is, oh, what was one of the other ones they mentioned? Find My Friends, which I actually still use, but that's only in emergencies where I'm like, I don't know where this person is. Hmm. I should find out. And I can't call them on the phone and ask them. <laughs> <laughs> that's invasive. Come on, buddy. It's much more fun to be like, I'm just going to track you. Where yes. are you? Okay, that's, yeah, that's invasive and the other is just creepy, right? <laughs> I will say that um, my husband has successfully used Find My Friends to actually locate me if I'm in a place where I don't know where I am. Ah. And neither does any of the other apps on my phone. That's nice to know. I hadn't thought of that. that and I live in handy. a town that's small enough that, honestly, you can get lost and have nobody around. Yeah. <laughs> I believe yeah. it. Yep. Do, 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 do. Is anybody out there? Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Unlike being in Times Square, where I would just be overwhelmed and lost all at the same time. I could ask somebody where I am, but they probably wouldn't know. All the people that said, I don't speak English, they say that really well. (laughs) Did you catch that, Jamie? Yeah. 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 I don't speak English. Excuse me. Uh, Hello. Excuse me. me. I don't speak English. I'm like, yeah, you said that really well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You speak a little bit. But if you're curious, you guys should look over this list. It's pretty funny. I it think is. some of them are pretty accurate. Some of them are maybe not so accurate. And as they mentioned in the article, you can't actually delete any of the apps that come with your iPhone. It's right. not allowed. Right. Such as um, 
what is our favorite one, guys? News newsstand. That's oh, what yeah. it's called. Yeah. Which we can finally put in a folder. Thank goodness. Some of the stuff on newsstand is like the magazine. Yeah. Is accessible. Speaking of magazines, how do you unsubscribe from a Kindle magazine if you decide you don't want it anymore? I haven't I don't know. actually researched that. Does anyone I don't know, know because like I haven't ever subscribed I would subscribed think you'd to have one. to do it on the Amazon website. Probably. You probably do. I have to check that yeah. out. But well. like I say, I really wish I could get rid of stocks. Yeah. Don't you just have it in a folder? Yeah. I've got it in the stuff not used much folder. Oh, nice. And don't you guys love how the notification center doesn't show us weather anymore? I, yes. I, yeah. wish that would, I wish that would come back. I want that in a serious way. Like, uh, I love that I open up my notification center. The first thing I have to do is I have to hit the all button because they're, all they're going to show me is my calendar, which usually has nothing on it, mm-hmm. and then my stocks. And I'm like, this is not useful. Yeah. Wait. My notification center shows me the weather. See, it does not. It does. Listen. All selected. Today. Button. One of three. Selected. Today. Button. One of three. All. Button. Two of three. Missed. Button. Three of three. Wednesday, January 15th. Cloudy currently. The high will be 30 degrees. <gasps> Mostly huh. cloudy tonight with a low what? of 31 degrees. How'd you do that? Now, wait a minute, Mr. Buddy Brandon. You are running a different operating system than the rest of us. <laughs> Click the today button. It should be there. Okay. I'm going to show you that when I hit today. Unless they brought it back in 7.1. That's what I'm wondering if they've put it back. All I get in today is my stocks. And then she tells me that there's one event at 9 o'clock and that my day looks clear for the rest of the afternoon. Okay. Well. (gasps) Wait. 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 Then it tells me at the bottom weather and stock information provided by. Right. And I'm like, right. there's, there's no nothing weather. There. I know. Yep. Okay. Maybe Buddy just showed us something that he wasn't legally allowed to show <laughs> he us. <may> have. <laughs> yes. Well, that about wraps it up for us this time after you've taken off all 12 of those apps that you should delete off your phone. Yes. We hope one of the apps that you don't take off your phone is iBlink Radio because we kind of like that one. Oh, please no, because it's awesome. We kind of like that one. We think you should keep that one. But um, (laughs) anyway, we sure appreciate y'all. And unlike our president, if you do like it, you can keep it. You can. (laughs) You can keep it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. (laughs) Yes, I can. So, yeah, thanks for spending a little bit of y'all's uh, day with us here. And uh, we hope you do that again next month. In the meantime, you can get a hold of us a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, you can drop us an email at resources at serotalk.com. You can leave a comment on the tripleclickhome.com website. You can leave us an iReport using your Android phone or your iPhone. You can call the Blag line <laughs> at 866-997-2522. Or you can uh, reach us on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash tripleclickhome. Yes, you can join one of the more than 5,600 followers. Yes, 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 you can do this thing. And uh, if you'd like yes. to follow me on Twitter understanding that all the opinions on my Twitter feed are mine, mine, <laughs> and do not represent the opinions or views or opinions of Serotech, its management staff, board of directors, or third-party resellers at www.twitter.com slash brannon. 
twitter.com slash B-B-R-A-N-N-A-N. You can also follow me at twitter.com slash blindperspective. That's B-L-I-N-D-P-E-R-S-P-E-C-T-I-V without the E. And you can follow me, twitter.com slash Jamie Pauls, J-A-M-I-E-P-A-U-L-S, or you can follow Sarah Talk, which I also monitor. And uh, it's probably worth mentioning, I think we should, that you can also follow Mr. John Panarese at twitter.com slash Mac for the blind. I'm sure glad you mentioned it, because if you didn't, I was going to. Well, good deal. We got him covered. All right. Then. So until next month. I don't know. Until next month. The, the thing that we are going to do until next month, we're going to do that. That's right. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Those of you who have looked out of your window this morning have probably been surprised to see that there is no weather today.